do a better version of it. Oh, uh, so. I feel higher. Oh, oh, oh my god! What happened? Oh, I went one or two. You good? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Did we get that on film? Dude? We did. Mike Schneider podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Alex Garcia episode. We are here with none other than Alex Garcia for the Alex Garcia episode. He is an awesome fingerboarder from the California scene. You probably recognize him for his late flips, super stylish switch and nollie late flips, and his amazing cinematography. So, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Such short notice. It was just like, like less than a week we planned this thing out. Like, oh, we should... It was pretty much like a two-for-one for this past uh, USAF B-League, and then coming out here, it's a two-for-one, you know? Yeah, it was an awesome last-minute trip and super productive and fun, too. We got a lot of work done. We, we got did. some parts done. We got some clips. Uh, definitely helped you out with some audio, and uh, yeah, just anything to help out, you know, a fellow friend with production value and, you know... I'm more than I'm more than always down to help out. Yeah, totally. I appreciate it. All the ideas and feedback, and then technical knowledge and stuff, has been super helpful. So hopefully the viewers notice like an increase in the quality of the podcast, both audio, visual, everything. You know. So yeah, the help is much appreciated. My pleasure. Yeah. So take us back to um, the start of everything. You know, you opened your eyes. You were born, and then. <laughs> How'd it go from there? Where'd you get, uh, I mean, we mentioned California, but where in California uh, did you grow up or did you grow up somewhere else and then move? And yeah, when did you, I don't want to go too far ahead, but eventually get into like when you started fingerboarding from there or skateboarding, whatever came first. Okay. So I'm born and raised in East Los Angeles. Uh, both my parents, they come deep down from Mexico. They both migrated here. Like I think my dad here in the late eighties, mid eighties. Uh, and my mom early 90s so they both came to uh they both came to california because you know the mexico situation during that time is just like not it for everybody they didn't want to stay at home for they just wanted a better opportunity so i feel like that's you know that's everyone's goal when they come here to the states and um yeah my mom just had me here what 1995 and uh they both met at a taxi corporation when taxis were big in the mid 90s you know this is way before uber and lyft and how convenient everything is on your phone so everything was on call everything was on radio transmissions yeah yeah everything was just all like that and then that was pretty much me growing up uh my parents were in taxi pretty much my whole life up until maybe high school and then once uh, 2013 came around, that's when I graduated high school. My dad, he still stayed in transportation, but um, that's when he started doing Uber and Lyft was probably brand new at the time. So, uh, yeah, my dad's always been in transportation. My mom, she was in, she was doing taxi and then she ended up doing a medical field. I think she was, uh, I forgot her early positions, but she's been working hospitals ever since the decline of taxis uh or were becoming a thing so the more the, yeah she just wanted to change uh different uh i guess fields so but yeah uh 
that was my uh that was me growing up what they were uh doing with 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 themselves and then me just growing up just skating all throughout east los angeles i've been seeing a lot of east la spots in uh, skate videos recently which i think is pretty sick um spots i would hit in middle school or would see since middle school when i started uh pursuing uh skateboarding and fingerboarding whatever um they started like just there's just a big surge i'm just like whoa that's crazy so um but yeah um yeah i first started i actually did the reverse i got into fingerboarding first and then i got into skating which cool. is like so I don't know. It's just so backwards. That's uh, awesome. How'd that happen? So what ended up happening is when I was in middle school, tech decks were like the thing for guys, you know, some yeah. girls, mostly girls, they would just look, but, um, all the guys had a tech deck. You were like cool and everything. Right. So, <laughs> um, I ended up getting a tech deck probably mid seventh grade. I don't remember really, maybe late sixth grade. I forgot how. I, I forgot the time period and how cool they were. Probably, like, 2007. So, for me, it was, like, late 6th grade, early 7th grade. That's when they were, like, the biggest trend. And I remember finally getting... I saved up, like, 4 or 5 bucks, which was, like, you know, 100 bucks for me <laughs> back then for whatever reason. Um, I bought my friends Tony Hawk, Birdhouse, Graphic. Um, I could remember it. It's, like, black and silver. Black background, silver um silver it was just silver graphic and it's just like the the eagle hawkman's eagle yeah. design graphic that's a classic yeah I, I hope you know which one i'm talking yeah. about i i could i if i see it in front of my face i will just know like okay it's this one yeah but the thing that sucks about that one is um the minute i got it i was using it like crazy on the picnic benches and everything and then one of my attempts it slid off the table I'm just like, oh no, probably like a good 10 feet over there, right? Some random kid walks by and just like gets in and runs away. I'm just like, no dude, way. no, yeah, I, dude, I was so what? bummed out. You had no idea. Literally, probably, I only had it for five minutes. Dang. Yeah, I got that the, sucks. I got the money, gave it to my friend, and um. You think your friend hired that dude to steal it back? For no, it was no, a I'm complete accident. No, it was a complete accident. I yeah. told my buddy right away, and he felt bad, and um. Yeah, I'm just like, I just felt defeated. <laughs> I felt so defeated. I'm just like, oh, man, I got to save up who knows how much. And mind you, I don't come from, like, a, an allowance. Uh, my parents would never give me an allowance. That was yeah. just how, how it is. Um, usually, if I ask for something, they would think, my parents would think, I'm like, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> like, we'll buy it when, uh, we'll buy it somewhere else or we'll get it eventually, whatever. So, like, I remember there was this one point I probably didn't have a sweater for, like, my first two years of high school. And I didn't realize that until, like, wait, I don't have a sweater. Like, can I get a sweater? And I, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was very, like, weird. Um, but, yeah, the, like, stuff like that, they wouldn't really, like, help me out for. Like, we're getting toys or anything like that. Like, I, I don't, to be honest, I think every little other thing I had, like, for example, Legos, they were always, like, gifted from, like, Christmas. And I will just make it work until the end not to say they didn't buy me like anything but like um we could get a little bit more into it later but like for sure they didn't invest in anything skateboarding related like for example they never bought me a board the reason why is because 
um, all this family drama that we've been having uh, throughout the years, they don't they didn't want my aunts or cousins to be like, well, he broke your leg because you bought him, you know, a full skateboard. So what'd you expect? So it was more like that. And, and I looking back like, OK, like whatever is. But really, like, that's really the reason why I didn't get a skateboard from you guys. So um, every time I needed like a deck or something, I would like save up whatever, however I got the money. Um Either my grandma would give me a couple bucks or I think one time I remember asking like 20 friends for like a dollar. <laughs> so that's that's how like I was able to fund like a blank board or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got hooked up a few times uh, throughout um, my cousin's boyfriend at the time, now husband. Uh, he hooked me up with the brand new complete. My cousins would just bring completes, you know, every now and then. But, um, but yeah, my parents wouldn't really help fund anything skateboarding or fingerboarding related. So I kind of had to work my way to get all the cool obstacles. The only thing they probably did contribute was just getting the camera, but that's about it. So just getting that's a little cool. camcorder. Um, so that's what got me filming. That's what got me doing like uh, fingerboard videos, a bit of skate videos. I still have like uh, a few skate clips in there that I haven't deleted and, um, but yeah, but what got me into fingerboarding first was just the trend in middle school. And But what got me into skateboarding was my older brother. So for those who don't know, I have like, I had an older brother. Uh, he passed away back in 2008. And um, yeah, he just had a board lying around and I just wanted to learn how to ride it. He taught me how to ollie and yeah, that was it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I I don't really share that story. It's been like so long. I didn't um, know actually. I'm yeah. Like, Whoa. So, um, it just sucks kind of <coughs> remembering a little bit, but yeah, just uh, yeah, he just taught me how to ollie, and then yeah, I just picked up skating because of that. So, learning tricks little by little. Ever since after he passed, um, I started progressing a little bit. So, yeah, I just anything skateboard related, I just can't let it go nowadays because. When I remember the roots to it, it's just hard to let it go, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's just me. Gives it, like, a special value to it, like, sentimental kind of. For feeling. sure, yeah. yeah. Fingerboarding is just, like, more convenient now for me because one thing that sucks is when you're skating and then you go to work the next day, your body just feels it. <laughs> so I did that one time when I was working retail. Um, I think I remember skating, like, the morning of. I had to do a shift. And... Um, I, doing a retail job like in a small shop you would think you'd probably like go along with it or deal or just power through but dude it was the worst shift ever and i was doing just five hours and i was already done by the first like my wow. feet were killing me Dang. so i don't know if it was the shoes i don't know if it was um the amounts I had to stand, I had to like stand up for the amount of time. Or you skated really heavy. I skated like a big old like loading dog ledge, probably like the size of a six there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that took a toll. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I had sure. Vans on for sure. And Vans working a shift, I learned the hard way. Even when I wasn't skating, I learned just doing a whole shift in Vans shoes, the way how thin, you know, the way how uh, thinly made there are. I just, I couldn't do it. So that's when I just kind of like migrated more to like Nike SB and um, other shoes that I felt like had better padding in them. And yeah, that was pretty much it. 
Yeah, I noticed too when I used to wear Vans, uh, sometimes like I, my back would hurt and I'd switch to a different shoe brand and my back would stop hurting. And I'm like, oh, really? you know, maybe they're really good skate shoes, but they're not meant to be worn like all the time. Or I think it depends on your body and like how it fits you and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, th your shoe choice is like kind of important. If you notice discomfort, like it's worth investigating. Trying oh, for out sure. Some yeah. other ones. I remember, uh, I mean, no disrespect to Vans, I'll probably wear some still, but um back then the way how thinly they were done they're probably still made like that i'm just or i think know. they have different types they have really thin ones and more rugged ones and all kinds of i don't know much about shoes but i know there's like a million options mm -hmm. ask safan he'll know oh yeah for sure the for sure the technology has gotten better like their whole insoles and everything so i think that's great but um if i don't get them for like a cheaper price rather than standard then i probably won't get them i'll just yeah. stick to what i know you're the king of deals. You found that <laughs> tripod out here. Dude, I found that. Oh, man. Like, that was such a good last minute. That camera over there has the tripod, so I'm very stoked to go back to LA with that. Dude, yeah, that whole thing is, like, 150 retail. The guy wanted, like, around, what, 80, 100 bucks. It's been, you know, almost a year since he posted it. I'm just like, dude, I'll get it for 50, like, right now or today or tomorrow, whatever. And I ended up meeting him at, at your <laughs> at rendezvous, pretty much, at your, <laughs> your store. And he, he asked, he's just like, hey, what's going on here? It looks pretty busy. I'm just like, oh, you know, just uh, uh, fingerboard events, you know, the little tech deck. Oh, you so know. you invited him during the event to like... I told him what it was. I mean, I mm -hmm. told him like, hey, if you want to go ahead, but I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, you know, he just wanted to get his money and leave. So, yeah. <laughs> but he was curious. So, That's funny. Yeah, I told him like, Yo, I'm, yeah, I'm out here for this. Uh, I, didn't, I told him like, oh, I'm from Cali, just visiting here. So I just needed a tripod to like, you know. Yeah. Uh, bear with me for the trip. So yeah, he was cool. He was happy. I was happy. I'm happy. And yeah, that thing. Benro. Shout out Benro. Benro. They're just like I don't know. They're just so reliable. I really love that brand. I have like probably four of those, but they're all in LA. I couldn't Sick. bring them out. Yeah. And they're too big. That one's definitely travel friendly. And yeah, it gets the job done. Sweet. Um. So that's a good transition into film like how did you get into film and where did it take you because i mean you're doing big things now but i'm sure you like you mentioned your parents helped you buy your first little camcorder back in the day mm -hmm. when was that dude this was probably like i should have uh dude i totally forgot probably i think i was for sure in high school maybe 10th or 11th grade 2011 yeah, this was for sure probably 2011 because some of my old fingerboard clips date back to that. Cool. So, yeah, I was just... One thing I definitely, like, like was looking out for is, like, okay, is my trick in frame? And sometimes I would just leave the camera there just sitting and then do a trick. And then, like, okay, it's completely off. So I started learning a lot of, like, film technique. And I even, like... Uh, I just started learning and being, uh, and I was just being observant of like compositions and of, of how I'm angling certain tricks and the lighting through fingerboard tricks. But when the movie, have you seen the movie Drive? No. No? Uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, Nicholas, directed by Nicholas Winden Refn. It's the debut film of, you know who Oscar Isaac is? That, that, um, He's in Star Wars, and he's in a whole bunch of other films. Cool. I don't know who anyone is. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was his debut film. Sick. And, you know, um, that movie was just so good. So, I probably, like, um, going back a little bit. So, 2000 and... 
so 2011 for me was probably like um i was going through a lot in 2011 and then um i ended up seeing that film and i just remember just being so inspired and like something flipped in me i'm just like okay wow that's what i want to do uh long term for like a career because i'm in 11th grade I, i need to think about a career or something right yeah a lot of times you have no idea what you want to do and you're that far along mm-hmm. so so when i saw that film i don't really that's definitely not a film to recommend to everybody because it is kind of like on the slower side uh it's not one for people to enjoy kind of like i don't know like a fast and furious film whatever because drive like some people were like upset because it didn't see like too many crazy action <laughs> films but i remember paying attention to the visuals heavy mm-hmm. and i'm just like dude i want to do those kind of visuals you know so cool. here i am thinking like okay what is it that i do <coughs> if i could do it with whatever is being brought upon me i'll just do it like whether nowadays whether if it's an event or just a fingerboard video clip like i'm trying to aim for that kind of style uh, filmmaking techniques lighting so yeah that film is responsible for like uh, the way how I think the way how I want things to be uh, viewed as so yeah if and snap if I have to do everything with the iPhone and just you know figure it out like that I'll do it you know so um, yeah all of this was just like all the all the gear that I have is just mainly like um, working and then constantly investing back into yourself all throughout the years it took forever but i i never saw myself like owning this amount of gear and you know i'm just always like humbled and blessed like dude i i like i own this kind of quality so it's time to show it you know so i'm not gonna buy an expensive camera and just like not use it right yeah so yeah my setup definitely is overkill for filming fingerboard clips i i mean snap i'll do it with the phone any day just for the convenience, um, how quickly you get it onto Instagram, but that little extra work and effort, like done on a camera, it just it just goes a longer way. It totally does. You like know? you can do a really good job with an iPhone, but then what you can do with a real camera, when you compare them side by side, it's like wow, that's there's a huge difference still, even with how good iPhones are. It's like cameras a whole another level, and you can really control it and get it to look how you want and. Mm-hmm. Like, it shows in your stuff, especially, because your quality and, like, the look and feel that it has is very, like, like high-end production style, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, super, like, polished and smooth and fancy-looking. Thank you. Yeah. Pretty soon, iPhone will reach up there. It's trying to reach it's up there. It's getting there. So, yeah, so... But um, not quite. Not quite, because of the sensor length. The minute they increase the sensor in the mirrorless, uh, uh, in the... And the iPhones, dude, I think that'll probably be, like, game over for production. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I always... There there was this one client I had, like, oh, like, they kind of, like, stressed their phone enough, whatever. I'm just like, okay, well, let us pull up to your event with the iPhone, you know? So, and we'll <laughs> do it for this much. What do you think? So, yeah, and there's that whole battle between, like, oh, you can just do it on your phone. Yeah, it works for some circumstances, right. you know? But, for example, if you're going to get married, do you want everything to be on an iPhone? You know? Like, do you want to hear the baby crying on the side? Like, there's a lot of little things that they yeah. don't understand. Like, it's easy. And- yeah. It's so easy to use. Like, oh, I could just use my phone as a scapegoat. Yeah, but not for every situation, you know? So, yeah. for fingerboarding, you can use your phone. That totally works. People make it work. And the edits, tricks that are captured on an iPhone, like, dude, it's like, the convenience is there. 
phone and i and fingerboarding will never go away but if you just think a little bit extra and think of it as a production value or something like that play around with like buy it it could just be like buying one light plugging it into the wall and if you turn off all your room lights and just have one little spotlight it'll make just a huge difference you know all you have to do is just angle it correctly uh make sure if you're like doing a 180 trick your the light is not being blocked by your elbow and everything like that little things like that if you consider like it'll make just a huge difference so um interestingly enough too um fingerboarding my fingerboard videos from like 2016 and 17 got me my first production editing job yeah that's so cool yeah dude. that's amazing i literally showed them my fingerboard videos and what i can do and the fact that i understood the timeline of Final Cut, and that's what they were hiring for, mainly specifically like Final Cut uh, editors. Yeah. They loved how I understood the timeline. I challenged them, and like, yeah, I just, I know what I'm doing when I'm editing because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that just apply and just learn as they go. Right. But I knew enough, and the fact that I used my fingerboard videos is like kind of a small portfolio because I didn't have anything before that. All I had was just fingerboard videos, skate videos. But like the skate videos had like not the best stuff in it. So um, I just kept it like, all right, whatever. I was nervous just showing them this fingerboard video. Just like, okay, how am I going to explain this or defend this? Because, you know, there's probably like, there was like two other people sitting there and they look like they know what they were doing. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm just, this is, this was, that would have technically, technically been like my first editing gig being paid for. Yeah and um but yeah i was one of like probably two or three editors that they hired and <coughs> because of that i got connected with other people in the in the wedding or event industry i would have to say um in socal and especially in the valley area because that's where like all the money is and the high profile clients that are willing to pay this amount x amount you know i've done crazy budget parties that are just like too fancy and too bougie and i'm editing those and then I remember, too, because I remember I had, like, a creative burnout. Um, I just remember, like, what got me there. And I was like, dude, literally this. Yeah. <laughs> literally this. Filming myself, filming my friends, uh, all in my room, got me to where I am today. So I have nothing but good things to say about this hobby, you know? So Yeah. It's incredible how it takes people to different places. And, like, a lot of people's careers end up coming out of something that they started through fingerboarding, like whether it's video editing, graphic design, filming, anything, web design. Like there's so many things that people get into through fingerboarding when they're a kid and then it's like their their career comes from that. And yeah, yours is awesome. So you've been like filming, you have basically your own kind of production company, would you say? Yeah, um, so I run my own video production company, AGT Films, and um, yeah, I've just been doing my own thing, handling my own clients, and um, yeah, I've just been doing my thing like that. Uh, I have the camera, I have the equipment, I just need like a full solid team. That's pretty much like one thing I'm lacking. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I'm happy where I'm at. I have a lot of freedom. Um, I'm pretty much my own boss in a way. So um, thankfully, like I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in a good position, and I'm happy to say that. And when it comes to like pinpointing where it all started dude it's like it all goes back to this for me yeah so it brought me nothing but happiness a lot of joy a lot of direction of what i want to do in my life because i think in high school for sure 
I was thinking, or the teachers made you think a lot, like, what is it that you want to do to the day, you know, like you retire, like no one's thinking that in high school, right? You know, so yeah, um, I ended up just kind of taking that a little too serious, like, okay, what is it that I want to do? Because here I am thinking like, okay, we're working at, at, I don't know, a skate shop or borders would be cool you know yeah be financially stable but like when you actually do do those jobs you're just like dude like i don't you know i don't want to go to work whatever right um so i did that for a lot um but then i started thinking in the long run um okay what is that i want to do do i want to go to college and everything so um when i was applying for colleges in 2011 or 2012 no i think it was 2011 because uh, I remember that was like the lowest year in my life and applying to colleges was right around the corner from my high school. So they, they kind of forced you to apply to like four colleges and see where you get in. And I'm glad they did that. So um, we did that upon ourselves. They helped us out too. And yeah, I just ended up going to Cal State Northridge, getting my bachelor's in, um, in uh, what did I get it in? Oh, multimeter productions. So I kept my my bachelor's very vague, like whether it's web designing, video, audio production, TV production, I could pretty much take it all, just, you know, just walk me through with training a little bit and boom, like, yeah, I'll get the hang of it. It's almost, that's great. It's almost all the same. Like I treat my fingerprint yeah. production like any other production, lighting, sound, uh, composition, record, make sure you record, and, you know, just, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, just dump everything, edit produce uh full edit whatever reels and then export upload done you know and that's all it is in the end you know yeah. so whether it's just either audio this or that tv movies filming something at home it's all the same you know so yeah that's just that's that's my direction of uh of working and everything yeah it's awesome it's good that they kind of push you to like, all right, pick something and do something and go apply somewhere. And like, you know, even if you don't feel quite ready yet or you're not thinking that long term yet to have that positive influence of like, you know, somebody telling you go figure it out and do something and get started. Because otherwise it's just like, when do you start? You could be working at a skate shop for 20 years and being like, I wish I was doing something else, but I got to be here. And yeah, it's cool. That and was then, my fear, like yeah. doing something I don't want to do and mm -hmm. thankfully i learned that at a young age hopefully you know someone who's in high school is taking their career a little bit serious and i don't know hopefully they could they could take that as advice just like think long term and since you're already fingerboarding why not tap in more in the video industry because you're already doing it might as well yeah you know increase value or maybe who knows maybe they already have like very good videos and everything to show to somebody and uh, you know, just take it serious. I'm I'm probably just a little bit too serious on this, like just the way how it looks. But I don't think so. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> it, so I don't think it's too serious. Thank you know, you. like a lot of people take it not serious enough. And like for example, like you said, they might have an expensive camera, and then they have it on auto settings, or their angles crooked, or they didn't think of the lighting, or like all these little things that people do. And it's like, even if you have a cheap camera. You can focus on all those things and make it look pretty good. But if you have an expensive camera and you don't focus on all those things, it you're shows. wasting it all and it's going to look worse than an iPhone in the end. So it's like, I think 
the attention to detail is appropriate on every level and then especially on a high-end level it's like you wouldn't want to slack you know it's like it's just got to be good if it's if it's on that level you know i agree yeah and you have the eye for it you know like not everyone has the eye for it or the brain for it or whatever it is like you notice you know like you said composition for example like some people don't even think about composition or like know what that means yeah so for anyone who doesn't know what it means what is composition so composition is pretty much framing whatever it is you're trying to do so for example if you're trying to get a fingerboard clip make sure it's in frame so let's say i want to hit this rail you know you don't get your i don't even have my phone with me but you just don't get your phone point at the rail and leave it to record that's it you don't do that so what you do is okay you set your phone down whether if it's on a tripod or a little um i don't know on on a cup or something yeah i always lean it up against an obstacle or a cup or something yep exactly so if you do those kind of steps okay see if you could roll up make sure your roll up is in frame make sure you have enough clearance of whatever flip trick because you know there's some people that overdo it with like this high or if it's low enough the better um just to keep it in frame but um make sure the flip in the roll up and the right away is in frame that's your composition okay click record start doing your trick boom done last thing you want to do is film a clip and none of that is in frame or if sometimes when you land there's little vibrations that causes your phone to move left or right out yeah <laughs> that's happened to me a few times so that's the last thing you want to do and if it's a hard trick you know you're just like oh it'll be sick to like post on instagram or whatever right you don't want to do it again you yeah know? i've done tricks where i've done where i've had to do it again because oh it does not look good like let's say if you're going to do a backside trick or a backside grind trick here but if you're going to put your phone here and do backside here you might block it with your arm so it's those little things you kind of got to you kind of got to consider like the framing yeah. uh will it look good at this angle will it look like uh like a like a i don't know a crooked grind here or nose grind or whatever so it's yeah. those things you gotta like like think of what's it good here is it good here is it good in front you know that kind of thing so that's pretty much composition in a nutshell for the fingerboarding there's also other like in when you're filmmaking you're kind of like okay this is gonna be like a rolling shot or a tracking shot i'm gonna follow you from here walk through here and i'm just gonna follow you here in front don't look at me and just make sure the the videographer that's there is just has everything in frame and in focus and those are other jobs but that's getting a little too much into it but for the fingerboard sake that's pretty much what it is just framing your shot yeah you can also um like let's say i was going to film like a kickflip nose grind on this or something you can just go like this and then play back your video real quick and see how it looks and see if it makes sense before you take the time to do the trick and like oh it was out of frame and for me i used to get a lot of tricks out of frame so now i think about like what if i accidentally do the trick higher than i want to will it still be in frame and then i take that into account when i'm like setting up my angle so that it's like you know because i want it to be let's say this high but if it goes this high like will the top be out or will my hand be out and then yeah just kind of there's different things like there's rule of thirds and there's whatever like things in composition you can read about online too to kind of go further into like making the shot look nice Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, that's pretty much uh, attention to detail. Yep. That's what I think about every time I before I click record, whether if it's on a phone, camera, or like a buddy filming. Like yeah, just follow me, whatever. That's it. Boom. I'm just gonna hit this. There's all there's always like some people that do a little extra. They end up doing a line, and that kind of like. You didn't tell me, bro. Like I, I'm panning this way, yeah. but you're gonna hit the quarter pipe, bro. Like, and then it's like a sick trick, whatever. And I'm just like, dude, like, you should have told me you were doing something else. But there, it, that always happens. That's just yeah. the community in a nutshell. So you gotta be spontaneous at the same time as planning all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's how I like. That's how pretty much I do things, or what's been going on with me when it comes to uh, filming, fingerboarding, doing fingerboarding on my own, and yeah. Yeah. What's your process for filming a trick? That's your question, actually. Remember you asked me, you're like, you should ask the other guests that. But now you're a guest, so. Oh, snap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been asking that, so you'll see them. Yeah, oh, man. I, would, I, I was not ready to answer that. So my process on a <laughs> trick, or filming any trick, I feel it's just documenting my progression of growth. So looking back at my old tricks, I see them every now and then. I don't see them too often, but like for the sake of, I don't know, whoever asked or to see how much my edits have been, you know, growing. You look back at your old edits and you're just like, damn, I really let that slide. All right. I think I'll do it again like that, but I'll just tweak it, add in another flip trick or whatever, or a rotation, 180 out, whatever. So I always try to kind of make something or think of a trick that's cool and hard enough where like okay like maybe somebody else could do it better or i want to see somebody else do it so i like doing like a lot of switch tricks and everything so i always thought switch was like very hard and i remember just dedicating like hours and hours days on days just learning like switch uh nollie because i I always thought it was cool like some inspirations growing up was uh paul rodriguez pj lad every time they did switch they did something switch i'm just like dude i'm just so blown away yeah like that's yeah so skateboarding definitely helped me shape how i want to film tricks and when i'm thinking of like switch tricks or switch lines that's where it comes from you know like spending so much hours on skate videos and just like damn i want to do that one day but like i can't do it on a skateboard like i'm not that good you know (laughs) yeah but so I just, you know, think of it on a smaller scale. Okay, what what would be cool down this this rail? And, you know, maybe switch blunt, switch back, switch flip blunt, switch backside flip out or something. Or, you know, add a little bit more of a mix. So, I don't know. I just, that's my process of thinking to record or about to record any tricks. Like, like oh, what would be sick? Or what can I do? I definitely don't like filming tricks. I definitely don't like filming tricks that i'm like learning because one if it's static and if it's by myself then maybe but i'm learning the trick and if you could do it once you could do it again and i'm definitely someone who like i take laps when it comes to tricks so like nollie flip nose grind nollie flips out okay did it doing it again i just do it again until i get more consistent at whatever combo tricks so it's like learning how to nollie flip so when you learn how to nollie flip you just take laps and then you you like get better at it consistently same when it comes to rails manny tricks ledge tricks um i don't know i just kind of get a rhythm going and then sometimes like 
you know, going somewhere at an event, I just whip it first try on like a random obstacle. Why? Because I practice so much. Mm-hmm. So, okay, like, let me add to it. Let me click record something. And then, boom, I just get tricks you know, a little bit faster that way. And if it's a trick I haven't done that I know I could do, then maybe I'll risk filming myself or something like that. Or I'll tell somebody to film me. And usually it always works for the most part. Yeah. But if I take too long, I'm just like, dude, screw that. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> My... <laughs> When I click record, I stick to three minutes. That way it's easy to play back and find your trick. Mm-hmm. But if it's longer than four minutes or above, dude, just stop recording. You know, just start the clip over. Um, I kind of give certain like video notes in the when I do playbacks either on my phone or my camera, like scratch this, delete, you know, and then just go on to the next. And I give a thumbs up or I just, you know, right away like this. And, you know, that's when I know I landed. So it's kind of like a little rhythm when it yeah. comes to video playbacks and filming tricks and like okay what can i delete what can i not delete and if there's a trick i landed earlier just fooling around i kind of just say that as a mental note i just tell myself like oh go back to like the first minute i did like a i don't know kiflim nose growing ollie trail just randomly and i wasn't thinking because that wasn't the trick i'm trying to do like switch flip oh, yeah. blunt switch backside 180 lay about or something yeah so that's when I when I stop recording, I just think about that. Like, oh, just go back to that trick. I don't know, post on Instagram or something. That's how. Cool. That's how I see. That's just my process. Yeah. Of filming something. It's awesome hearing like everybody's processes are so different. Actually, I thought they would all be the same for some reason, but oh, really? they're totally not. Like, yeah, it's it's a really cool question to go into because like for me, it's a lot different than that. And then, like one difference, for example. If I land a trick I'm not trying, or like, you know, a different trick I thought of on the way, kind of like what you said, like, you know, you're trying one thing and then on the way back you do something else, but you still didn't land what you wanted to do yet, so you keep filming, I'll stop it right there because otherwise I'll never find that clip. Mm. So I'll stop it and make a new clip. Because when I'm editing, it's just, it doesn't matter how long the clip is, but it's the end of the clip. I go to the end of each clip and that's where the landed trick is. And if it's, if, yeah, if I land something that's worth keeping and I want to keep it in that moment, it's like, end the clip and start a new one and let's continue filming and then I'll keep trying what I was trying. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a trick I never did before, I want to film it because it's like, I don't know if, if it's something I'm about to learn or if it's something I'm about to do once and never do it again, kind of. Like if it's like super hard or like I was just feeling it in that moment and maybe not later. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it. it's, it's, uh, yeah, everyone's different, which is, I think is the beauty of, uh, fingerboarding. There's some tricks that are just like five or 10 minutes long. Seeing that kind of time is discouraging for me to go through. So I do get like, dude, I don't care what that is. I'm not going through it. Delete. Three minutes is for me is just like, okay, sweet. Like that's a sweet spot. Anything wow. above that, like at four minutes, I'm just like, oh, five minutes, five minutes plus. Dude, screw that. So you know, when like, we're watching your parts, you're saying like all those tricks were filmed in three minutes each? Kind like, of, yeah. So you'll give up and go to a different trick after that? or Either I give up. Come back to it later, maybe? Either I come back to it later, but to be honest, I just start and stop. Like if I'm doing something I know I could do and it's close, once I reach three minutes, I just start and stop again. That way it's just easier for me to like sort and go through playback okay, yeah. with much more ease so you will try a trick for longer than three minutes yeah so okay, there'll probably be it. like 10 clips of me trying i don't know kickflip blunt shove out on a hand or whatever 
and I'm not getting it quick because I'm just like, dude, like, what's up with me? I'm camera shy or, you know, it's just not. It was working 10 minutes ago, but now it's not like, ah. Uh. So I kind of have like an understanding of when three minutes is. So I just go to my camera like, oh, two and a half minutes. Like, Screw it. Just start and stop, you know, <laughs> and I just keep going. So the more I see like 30 seconds, like that's I get it like the last um, that's I'm like four clips in like three minutes each. Yeah. And then the last one is like 30 seconds because I got it within 30 seconds of starting and stopping so many times. Mm-hmm. I know that's the one, you know, anything yeah. like three minutes. Okay. I could skip it, but I still check just, you know, cause for the sake of things, um, maybe I did get a trick like around three minutes, but it was partly sketchy, but it's the same angle at 30 seconds. This one's probably the cleaner and better one. And then boom. Okay. Keep that one. And then just move on to another trick or something. So, yeah, all my parts, cool. all my tricks um, from re- from uh, previous parts, usually they're like around the three minute mark and below, you know. And if they're first try, even better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's like fairly different. It's cool. Yeah, some people go on for minutes and minutes. I start and stop. You know. I'll I'll just leave it running mm-hmm. until I'm done, or which means either I landed or I gave up, <laughs> <laughs> depending on the trick. Oh, I just hit my knee. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Better than hitting your back earlier falling out. <laughs> oh, man. That was yeah. bad, but eh, thankfully I'm fine. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Oh, man. So basically, when you came into the fingerboard scene, how did that kind of go down? Because at first you were fingerboarding on a table and the kids stole your tech deck and, you know, you, you found it through school. And then at what point did you find the online scene or the events in your area or anything like that? Sweet. So little by little, this all is like a big old timeline. But f- I think in middle school, for sure, this well, you know, this is early YouTube days. So everyone, anybody's like making videos of anything. And for whatever <laughs> reason, I remember. So this was like seventh grade heyday, like cool people have fingerboard like tech decks at school right yeah so i remember just randomly typing in uh uh tech deck videos whatever and i'm just like okay i didn't i didn't know what to expect probably like just yeah. I don't know simple shoves or whatever but i've never seen tricks done like <laughs> like that so controlled like actually flipping a kickflip actually flips here i am just like doing random stuff yeah you know so i'm just like okay i didn't think it'd be like so controlled like doing trade flips impossibles i'm just like whoa so and what year was that this was like 2007 2008 for me i did end up i did play the tony hawk games first so i was uh aware of like okay skateboarding is happening skateboard you know it's like it's a thing but i wasn't into that or introduced to that yet but fingerboarding that was all introduced to me first and it was like up close in person because i always thought maybe skating is just a little too dangerous i probably won't you know find my balance or way to it or, or find friends to do that with but everyone's fingerboarding all my friends are doing it like okay it was just more easily accessible to you know do stuff on and yeah youtube was fresh and you know probably like two three years old at that point and yeah, I just saw like these random dudes just <laughs> doing random tricks on. It's just I think it was called Tech Deck Gods or something like that. I don't remember, <laughs> but 
they're just having fun dinner table uh there's like rails and everything all those obstacles i'm just like yo that's cool and um then i ended up seeing alexis Malant's video with the whole oh yeah seriousness and everything i'm just like that's awesome like which one yeah, the, a few different ones. The Opus Zero. It's the one where he's like literally like this, doing tricks on like one little spot. You know which one I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that one's the one that I think that was his most popularest one. But I saw it when it was like fresh, yeah. early YouTube days. Yeah. And I just thought that was like, whoa, that's a film. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I want to do eventually at one point, you know? Yeah. So I definitely took inspiration to that and I'm just like, okay, time to learn, time to progress, time to, you know, time to get better. But, you know, like I wasn't taking learning tricks or anything that serious up, up until I saw like, okay, that's how you could, that's what you can learn. That's how you can do things. I just went all in, Yeah. you know, so learning everything, filming everything, whatever I had with it's like broken granite slabs. I use them as obstacles or yeah early days like i would build my own ledges like i'd have like skate wheels stacked up put like i don't know a piece of wood or oh my uh baseball trophies i unscrewed those made ledges (laughs) out of those so that was technically my first fingerboard obstacle um at least i want to think it's like a fingerboard obstacle and i think i still have them might be in my friend's house. I don't remember, but I used those and like that was it. And I loved how uh, realistic they looked, like at an actual ledge, but just on a miniature scale. Yeah. I'm like doing all these tricks, so it shows, you know. And I still want to keep going, you know. I still want this to be as dirty as it can, with like all the grind marks, tail slide marks, all that. So um, learning on that little ledge got me going. And I just started thinking a little bit more, like, okay, if I place this, these broken granite granite pieces could make could make like a little bank. Um, can I gap? Can I, you know, put something over and just like I don't know, kick her over that? I started thinking like that in so many ways up until um, I started like trying out for actual companies who were sponsoring back in the YouTube days. So I do like trial videos, and all all the other kids had like the advantage because they have actual obstacles. And here it was, like, if I told my parents, hey, can I get this obstacle? They'll be like, no. I'm just like, damn. Yeah. So I'm already funding my own skateboarding, like, shoes, um, boards, trucks, wheels. I'm already funding that my own. So I knew how expensive it'd be for fingerboard obstacles. And this is, like, early 2010. I don't even know if they were available on the west side yet. I know uh, you guys were probably, like, already getting, like, Black River stuff here in the east coast, right? Yeah, so then you, then you could get it online from us. Yeah, for me, what discouraged me was the whole language barrier stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was all in German back then. So I'm just like, uh, I'm gonna click away. Like it's uh, very discouraging. I don't even think flatface was a thing yet. So this was. It was, but you didn't know about it. Really? <laughs> Damn, was I that obscure? Because I remember just seeing just pure Black River stuff from you, pure Black River parks obstacles. Um, probably like in early 2007, 2008, that's when I started getting introduced to your videos. But for whatever reason, just Black River would just like shove down everybody's YouTube videos. And, um, but yeah, going back to a little bit on the fingerboarding, um, encouragement, um, 
Ethan Embling, like that guy, he was like, I took huge inspiration from him as well. And he had like a switch flip tutorial of, you know, how to switch flip. Yeah. And I got it, ran with it. And I think that's what's ended up like starting my whole switch love for it. Right. But um, going back to the whole YouTube and trying out videos and everything. Yeah. I would just like, my goal was just to get like, you know, sponsored and hopefully somebody likes my, my, my tricks, my work. And if I can make videos for them, boom, you know? So I don't know. That's just the way how I saw things and then getting stuff in return. That's always a huge plus. And yeah, so it just kept me going and it's cool looking back at all my obstacles, knowing that like I worked for this. Yeah. And like these are every obstacle is like a trophy you know like for me so i worked hard i did buy a few obstacles but like this was like right at like right when i started working right after high school but seeing the obstacles i had like probably late or early i think even setups too like late or early uh like late high school i took that as a prized possession and you know i was very proud of myself for that and i just wanted yeah. to see how far it goes and i still keep going you know so yeah that's yeah. awesome i feel like when you have to work hard for something you really appreciate it a lot more mm -hmm. and then you make the most out of it you know you use it in more creative ways and stuff like that you don't just like throw it on the shelf and don't use it for three years uh -huh. you know it's like it's super special when you have those things that way mm -hmm. back then i would use like my obstacles in different ways i would uh, do tricks or probably stack like I don't know do lines out of it or something that's what I would end up doing first I think it started with like tech deck ramps for sure those were gifted um, I remember my cousin she gave me like um, a stair set like a block in the middle and then a ramp it was like a blind course or whatever and I remember like hell yeah like <laughs> I can't wait to use that but I think my parents they hid it for me for who knows how long because for sure this annoyed them <laughs> Oh, and yeah. last thing they wanted to hear was that kind of noise and they it was plastic so they knew how loud it'd be and i remember just seeing it on the top shelf because yeah i don't for, for whatever reason they hid it up there and then i don't know for i think i ended up getting it for christmas or something like that but it was up there for a long time and i remember just unpackaging it a little bit like i would just be like like using it real quick with lip slide kick flip board slide whatever and then I'd put it away when they're at work and then just leave it up there like if no one touched it. Because, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's amazing. All I had were the ledges and you can only do ledges for like so long, you yeah. know, and I just want something new. I want stair sets. I want this, that, you know. But, yeah, like the whole <laughs> no funding, you know, I had to fund myself. Yeah. But for sure, I wouldn't have been able to like probably afford a, a, a stair set like that back then because... I mean, with what money? No allowance, none of that. Like, yeah. no. So, um, the fact that my cousins they saw me play around with it too much, to the point where they, you know, helped me out a little bit. I think that was great. You know, that was yeah. more than enough for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Why do you think your parents uh, were so against spending money on like stuff like that for you? I could understand skating because you know they didn't want you to get hurt. They didn't want me to get hurt. Yeah. And my aunts from my dad's side. Um, they're all here in, in Cali. They're all here over here. Mm -hmm. um, my mom's side, they're still all in Mexico. So my my dad's side of the family, my mom knows them. 
you know so last thing she wants to hear is like oh i broke my leg and then everyone's just wagging their finger at my mom like well you bought him everything you know like <laughs> so yeah she didn't want to hear that and i can understand that now because you know like well what if i was put in that position but back then i didn't you know i'm just i'm mad because like you really kept this away from me like like yeah like what the hell you know yeah so i mean ultimately you're still skateboarding you yeah know? i'm still skating but the fact that you know they didn't really contribute to it i had to do it myself like mm -hmm. hey he found it he did it. <laughs> it it's his fault if he broke something but knock on wood i didn't i didn't break anything too crazy i did break my finger but i was in pe in high school so <laughs> doing what dude it's such a dumb it's such a dumb game so in pe there is this uh hybrid there's this hybrid sport or you know the pe days like when you're playing your sport and then you're running like tuesdays and thursdays whatever yeah so my pe teacher she did a hybrid between volleyball and tennis and she called the volley tennis I wish I broke it playing volleyball because that's a little bit cooler to say. But I played it, I, I broke it playing volley tennis. So there's a whole formula to it. There's a whole structure. And then we did, we did as she said. And then me and my buddy were like kind of a little bit too competitive. And we're just like, I'm going to get you, bro. I'm going to smack it in your face, whatever. And that's what I did. I, by, by, I smacked it to him, but it went to his face. I was just kidding when I... Said, I'm gonna smack it to your face, <laughs> and I felt bad. I'm like, Oh my god, like, Lewis, are you okay? He's like, Yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna get you back. I'm just like, Uh, okay, well, I think I, well, maybe I hit it in the stomach area, I don't remember. I think it was a stomach, and for him, he tried to aim it to my face. The face was involved, I think it was more yeah. towards me. So, um, it's like the same as volleyball, but just in a tennis field, you know, the net's lower because you yeah. know, not all of us could be volleyball players. <laughs> and um, somebody said it to him, Well. And it's going up. I'm just like, oh snap! I think it's coming. This is for me because we're literally in the front line. It's like nine people. We're all like scattered throughout like a position, right? And then he, someone says it to him. He goes up, spikes it right at me. But I remember just blocking my face for whatever reason, and all the impact. And he spiked it very hard at me. I'm just like, oh snap! I could handle wherever else it hit me, but for whatever reason. The way how he hit it towards me and how fast it was, it broke my index finger. This, this is the fingerboard finger. Oh, no way. Yeah, so this, so. And you were fingerboarding already at this time. I was already like deep in fingerboarding. Yeah. I probably already had like a four corner or something. <laughs> so I had like a setup. And, you know, every time I come home from school, I'd play, I'd like fingerboard right away. But I had PE for first period. And then by second period, I didn't know I broke it, so I was still playing. But by second period, geometry comes. I think I'm getting a pencil out of my backpack. And I just feel pain. Like, oh, snap. And I see, and it was, like, like very huge. Wow. I'm just like, whoa, this does not look right. Damn. So um, I tell my geometry teacher, I'm like, hey, is this okay? Whatever. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, go to the nurse's office. Quick, go, go, go. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> So I go to the nurses, they send me to like the hospital or specialist, whatever. They cast it and I'm back the next day. And I'm just like, but when I get home, I'm just like so bummed. I can't do anything. So I was like in a cast like this, just one finger, yeah. everything else. So I'm like kind of trying to like do this and that was not working. So I'm just like, all right, time for a break, whatever. Dang. And um, 
Yeah, and then I ended up getting a cast that cemented like these two fingers all here up to here Whoa. for like, I don't know, two, three months. Wow. So, yeah. And, dude, when that cast came off, I had to relearn everything I knew. Oh, man. So, I'm just like, I couldn't ollie. I couldn't do anything. And I'm, I'm like, everything just so weak for being casted for three months straight. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's probably longer or something. But I think three months sounds about right. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, no. And then kickflip just felt so foreign to me. I'm just like, wow. dude, like... No, Ollie, nothing, nothing was working. So, this was what freshman year. If this was freshman or sophomore year, I can't remember specifically. I was probably, I probably still had tech decks, but like, I had like rip tape on that tech deck because somebody from a skate shop they hooked, they hooked it up, and um, my local skate shop back then, IDS, they had fingerboarders in there. I saw like an actual no comply complete, like super professional white wheels um that was the first pro setup i ever seen ever in my life and i just remember telling the skate shop dude like oh can i play around with it and he saw me doing like nose grind ollie flips out like all this stuff that i would normally do on a tech deck he's just like whoa dude you're you're crazy good like (laughs) you're better than me i just bought this because you know like i just think it's like fun to play around while i'm working yeah but no he really tried to like hook me up like he kind of treated me like a little bit as a sponsor but whatever he had as extras he just gave me like whether it was i think it was the rom bushings uh flat face cool i remember that that was like like he tweaked my tuning a lot and then he gave me rip tape and but i was still on the tech deck you know the you know the no comply completes back then i forgot how much they were but he was not buying me that. <laughs> he let me use his, but yeah. um, I remember uh, we would, I would use his setup. And I think I kind of let him go a little bit because, I mean, I can't fingerboard. I have my cast. And by the time the cast was off, like, he was probably at another job or something. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was a struggle in my freshman year. I think. That's crazy. Yeah, I think by 11th grade, I got a four-corner complete setup and then once i got that thing dude that was it if i had that no comply complete if he gave me something like that i probably would have like progressed a lot more um quicker than uh slower on the tech deck because you can only do so much on that thing you know but with whatever i had i just made it work you know and i worked for it i worked pretty much for it all and uh i'm thankful to be where i am now i mean look at look what we have in front of us i'm thankful to even be using your park here and getting tricks on it and everything like dude this was like a childhood dream you know going like oh maybe going to mike's house or uh, getting clips at rendezvous like that's what i envisioned one day and last year when i came out for that i'm just like yo that was fun (laughs) so yeah yeah what was your first fingerboard event that you went to Oh my God, that's a story. So, (laughs) so the first fingerboard event I heard about in the West Coast, it was a Huntington Beach. It was the Black River event. So, Black River's in town. I'm like, oh snap, there's going to be, you know, a lot of people there. Like, I'm down to a computer or whatever, right? So, I was already on finger skate at the time and I pulled up with like a super China setup, super. So, a buddy of mine, um, 
we kind of planned to go together. I had just gotten my license. I just got in a car. My parents helped me out because uh, I was going to college my whole freshman year, traveling two, two and a half hours just to get to campus, and then another two, two and a half coming back. Every day? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was crazy, but thankfully oh. I lived right around the train to easily access and easily get there, and I would always skate going there and then skate coming back, like going on the bus, train, mm-hmm. I always had my board with me. So once sophomore year came around, they hooked it up with, they helped me out with the car, and um yeah, I'm just like, okay. Probably, I think I was in school already for like a week or so. And then I see like the Black River event gets announced. I'm just like, sweet. Hey, we should go. All right, cool. And I already had like enough anxiety driving solo by myself going to school. But I'm going completely south. I'm not, I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I don't think GPS was a thing from, uh, I, I really didn't really understand how to use GPS or whatever. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, that was probably one of the first times I kind of like had to figure things out. Mm-hmm. So my dad was the taxi driver. So he's telling me like, look, just take the 405, get on the 5, then the 405. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was a Saturday, I remember. And he bailed on me last minute, like the morning of. Oh. Like, dude, I don't think I can make it no more. I'm just like, great, what am I going to do? Should I go? Should I not go? And that's when I just said, like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to go. Like, I don't know anybody. This is my first event ever. And you're there. You know, like, okay, I'm going to meet Mike and everything, right? So I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm there. And you found it. And I found (laughs) it, thankfully. But, dude, I remember just being so lost. I'm like, okay, this looks like two old wars, old ward village so i had to see the flyer again i'm like oh okay i think i'm here so yeah i'm like i'm there at the grinder spot where everything was at and the contest happens i enter and yeah i didn't even expect to do anything good i don't think no one was like okay this guy's gonna go this guy's gonna go whatever right and my first event ever i ended up like qualifying for like uh, the semis, whatever, or top 10, top 8, whatever. And I'm just like, oh my god, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of, I think I'm good because <laughs> I'm qualifying. So I see people like Mallory Curtis there. <coughs> I see you. I see, uh, I think Chris Desso was there too as well. And like a whole bunch of other fingerboarders. I'm like seeing what they can do i'm just like yo this is insane <laughs> you know i'm just like i hope i qualify you know everyone here is just so good and um yeah i just give it a shot and i end up being like what top four or five Sick. and i'm playing against you you know <laughs> and i'm just like dude like this is my first event ever i'm playing against mike schneider i'm by myself this is definitely one of my first uh time just being away from everybody i'm 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 a skater so i know more local stuff mm-hmm. but i'm in a completely other territory domain yeah. that i'm like super new to and i mean snap i didn't know what to do <laughs> and <laughs> i remember it was top three it was me you and mallory uh for the finals and i just remember being just so nervous i'm like okay i've seen mallory's videos i've seen your videos and i'm playing up against them You know, and I'm nobody, you know, like my YouTube was probably still like 150 subscribers, 
<laughs> or lower, maybe even a hundred. I don't even I don't even remember, but I ended up uh, doing enough tricks to uh, to beat Mallory. <laughs> uh, shout out Mallory, I love you. <laughs> so she gets out, and it's just us two, and that's when the nerves kick in. <laughs> like literally, I'm attempting tricks, and my hand was shaking. <laughs> yeah. I'm so nervous, just being solo, not knowing what to do after playing against you. You know, someone I looked up to, like, you know, even to this day. But back then, like, you know, like, it, it was it would, it was a dream to meet you. And I didn't even know what to do. And I think I had, uh, you I think you got to hear something. I don't even remember, but I ended up losing. But I got second place, <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm down for that. Oh, Chris Kraft was there, too. I forgot he was there. He was announcing pretty much the whole thing. And um, I remember seeing him in a few of your videos, too. And I was just like, this is awesome. You yeah. know? So... <laughs> That was my first event, and I ended up leaving with like Black River Trucks, uh, the G13, I think. Cool, I think I still have that G13, Sick. the Sam Maruni uh, Digi Camo graphic. Whoa, that 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 green Digi Camo, yeah. and then like the skeleton graphic deep in the middle. I still mm-hmm. have it. My dog almost chewed it up, <laughs> but he has like little bite marks on it. But it's yeah, that's not that's not it doesn't affect the performance for sure, but. Yeah. I remember he it was like in his mouth just like no 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 don't ever get that <laughs> so I um, think that's an amazing first event story though that's like so cool just like going into uncharted territory and then like just doing really amazing and being like what the heck like I, I got back my 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 what I got video is still on there oh sick yeah on my YouTube channel we gotta watch that later we, oh it's so cringe it's so I cringe. bet it's amazing I'm like super. You could hear how excited I was because I remember That's seeing awesome. it a few times ago, a while ago, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I sound like such a, such a, such a, you know, kid." I'm 19 at this point, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was. It's just funny looking back at it. That's what it's all about, though. It's like staying a kid forever in that way. Like you're always having fun. You're just excited about stuff. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you don't want to. You don't want to grow into, like, this adult who's, like, not having fun with anything. Yeah. It's like, you might as well have fun with the things you like always. So, like, yeah, I don't think it's cringy. I think it's awesome, dude. For those who know <laughs> me, they know I'm a kid at heart. Out of the whole group of the, my, uh, my immediate friends, they know I'm, like, the most immature is mature through there. <laughs> so, yeah. It's um, a good balance, you know? Yeah. You're, like, sure. super serious when you need to be, and you're super chill when you any other time you know just have fun and stuff Mm -hmm. and like you're able to joke and stuff so Mm -hmm. it's important to like staying youthful and healthy and happy Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that price pack it was cool (laughs) left with a couple rams i remember leaving with the black river low rail cool it was so cool i seeing it in those videos i'm just like yeah it was it was insane so you know um with hard work and dedication to whatever you do it'll pay off and you know you'll see it eventually and um yeah i just take those words like and that uh mindset pretty serious so yeah as long as you do your work and hours it'll show i mean doing events the camera the the cameras kind of speak for themselves like dude you're a little bit too much i own them (laughs) what they're just gonna stay on my shelf just for work only no like i love i love bringing them out i love taking them to events i love filming you know the socal group and everybody yeah you know just uh uh yeah i mean like 
it's it's my hard work here you know so just because i have an overkill camera or just because i have a camera that's just like too much for fingerboarding but dude i worked for this you know so totally yeah investing back into yourself and showing it back into like even hobbies that i'm just doing just you know fingerboarding yeah i use them for mainly like my main production work when it comes to events and everything or uh, whatever i'm shooting i always bring it back to you know fingerboarding so yeah that's just my take on things that's awesome so <laughs> oh dude was that blunt fakie yeah that was blunt fakie. <laughs> so yeah cool just... um you got any other fingerboard stories that we need to cover like i don't know first sponsor or like when you met stefan or like i don't know oh when i met stefan so how i got on the vise um cool so beast pants would have events back then yeah uh, i think i went to one yeah that's where i met that's where i met ryan oh cool. the, yeah so uh oh it was just so cool those days oh man i i'll cherish them for me for as long yeah i'm gonna try to remember them for as long as i can remember so i met stefan at a beast pants event probably the one probably once way before you guys came out so i remember there was like a super last minute flat face beast pants collab uh event and yeah. it was announced like that same week <laughs> so i was lucky enough to even be on instagram and see it because it was just like so last minute so the way i got on the device and met stefan was at a beast pants event i said hi we just hung out um it was him and uh you know who he was dating at the time and uh yeah we were just hanging out i saw his board set up and he said he was making like you know boards himself and i saw internal plies that were different colors i'm just like whoa i haven't seen this cool. so that was so cool and i just remember saying and thinking like oh dude, like like oh it'd be cool to try out one of your decks or whatever and i think i don't know how that connection happened or how that i even came about and i totally forgot how he even put me on the team but <laughs> i met him at an event and maybe just being constantly at the beast pens events every time he's there he just naturally just put me on uh, I think one of his team writers had just left, and he had like an open slot. He's and collecting he, Alex's too. He yeah, just pure Alex's. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably I was the third one. <laughs> yeah, I was the third one because Miso I think was the first Alex, and then Hancock was the second Alex, and then I was for sure the third Alex. And I think, if I remember correctly, he kind of hesitated to put me on. He's like, oh, dude, I don't want a team. We just filled with Alex's. <laughs> and I remember him. I kind of remember him, uh, like, hinting at that. Like, like, hey, bro, like, I would if your name wasn't Alex. But then he just kind of, like, screw it. Like, I'll just put you on, whatever. So I'm just like, sweet, yes. And um, I remember my first blank bottom he did. He had, he had the internal plies. I still have that board. It's very tiny. It has, like, a shorter tail width and everything. But I like smaller boards at that time, man. I remember, I think I placed in one of the Beast Pants event and I had a catfish. That was a very cool board and one of my parts was just filmed entirely on that. But this was way before I even got on on the Vise. Probably the... It was one of my first New Year's parts before I got on the Vise. Once I got on the Vise, I just used nothing but device since. So I liked the way how his graphic looked. I loved how simple but yet so creative the D is. Like just yeah. you know, it just trucks on the side, but if you flip it, it's like an like how an actual board looks if you look at it like 
eye level, right? So I thought that was very creative. And every time I looked down on my board, my own board, I'm just like, oh, sweet. It's like <laughs> right here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I always really respected um, the time and effort Stefan took to, like, make the boards, design his company and everything. I just, you know, I just wanted to be a part of it. And thankfully put me on. And I've been on for eight years, probably going to nine. So, yeah. It's been a long Sick. time. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Stefan's a man. His boards are great, too. Yeah, I love Stefan so much. He's done a lot for me. I've progressed because of his uh, craftsmanship. And I still continue to progress. I don't. I think I'm, I'm definitely not too comfortable to where I'm just like, like, hey, you're not. You're kind of just like, I still want to grow in anything yeah. and everything I want to do. So, that's whether good. it's... Uh, changing my production or changing my editing changing i don't know quality or whatever i definitely want to like still keep growing um career wise hobby wise and you know fingerboard wise just all that stuff i just want to still keep going so that's the way to be it's really good to be progressing and always open to learning more not thinking like oh i know everything or i've mastered this thing and there's nothing more like you don't want to get bored and you don't want to get complacent you want to get always like you know what what can i do even better next time or even better right now or you know that it keeps it fun mm -hmm. that's definitely the mindset to have and i i live by those words a lot and yeah that's pretty much it oh <coughs> i remember um i remember i wanted to tell you this too but and going going back to the beast pants event it was my probably second or third event, the Beast Pants events, and um, I remember the first person who recognized me because of my videos. I always cherish, you know, the person he was, and um, there's this guy, his name was Johnny, and I'm just fingerboarding a random park. I've probably been in there for like 20, 30 minutes at the Beast Pants events, and, you know, cool, amazing parks, you know, custom-made parks. I'm just like, all right, like, time to use them, and there's this one guy, his name is Johnny, and um, he recognized me. I'm like, hey, uh, are you Alex Garcia? And I'm just like, how do you know me? Like, what? <laughs> like, I thought I was still low-key and everything. But he recognized me from my YouTube videos. Cool. And that's like my first encounter with every, any with somebody recognizing me through my work. And that's just always been so special, you know. And that was the first person. And um, it sucks because tragically he passed away probably... A month or two after that whoa yeah so it was uh it it, it, it hearing that news it sucked and yeah. i think you guys were in town for that because i remember there was like there was another black river rent and grinders and there was like a a trick best trick for him or something like that i remember it was like in his memoration and i think ryan was there too for that so if ryan was there you for sure were there too yeah. So, um, yeah, and I just remember, like, dude, that happened. And it kind of, it's it sucked hearing, but looking back at it now, like, it's definitely something I would cherish for, you know, the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being recognized by somebody like that and they end up, you know, tragically passing away, that yeah, sucked. That definitely sucked. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's happened to a few different fingerboarders over the last, uh, well, however many years. Like, even when I started fingerboarding, I remember, like, there was a guy, uh, the dude who started Pornstorm, 
for Black River, or like not for Black River, but like you know he was with the Black River dudes like in Germany, uh-huh. and like he passed away. They like dedicated. I think Pissing Fingers Two was dedicated to him, if I remember correctly. Mm. And I just remember like I was so little at that point. I was like ten years old. I didn't even know like what it meant to die practically. Like you know what I mean? It's like when, before you quite comprehend it I'm just like what do you mean like he's just gone but like here's the footage of him like it's just like mm. and then like later on you watch it again when you're like you know 12 or 13 instead of 9 or 10 and you're like oh my god like like you know it, it makes more sense as you mm. like understand the world a little more and it's just like it's crazy yeah when I when I when my brother passed away with all that every, a lot of stuff was going on family um, he was with us for a bit, and then that's where, you know, it hit me to, like, understand and acknowledge death at that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yo, like, it, it sucked, you know? How old were you then? Dude, I was, I, was, I had just started eighth grade, so I was probably, like, 13. Yeah. I, I was 12 going to 13, because he was with us when I was 12. And he and he he was older than me by like eleven years, so he was like twenty four, twenty three, twenty four ish. That's how old he was. And then, um, yeah, he was with us. I remember sometimes I couldn't, you know, fingerboard in my room because he he like you know stay in there all the time. And I was just like, whoa, like, you know, a lot a lot was happening like family wise. Don't really want to get too much into it, but when he passed, I'm just like, dude, like. You understand earlier than others, or I think you have to, because, like, you know, um, yeah, I was 12, 13 years old, and that's, like, you know, it's my older brother. I want to see him every so often, because we're stepped. We both had different moms, but we had the same dads. Mm. So, he wasn't, he was more with his mom, and then a lot of stuff was going on. He was, uh, he was with, with, with my, with my mom and my dad, or our dad, and, um. And yeah, he just had, you know, that was my introduction to skateboarding right there. He'd do like a couple of tricks in the front and I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just picked it up after him. The neighbors too, they knew what was going on. And um, his mom ended up coming to my house and just took everything of his, including his board. And I at least like wanted one little thing, right? Like, but she took everything, guitar, wow. guitar, skating, his bike, um, I got a little bit into biking because uh, of that because he had like a pretty good uh, I think it was a GT bike or something so that thing would push that thing mm. was fun so um, but yeah I just always thought like that was so weird and I remember my aunt came in before that like checking like oh to see if you know my mom and dad were home and they weren't so I think it was like pretty much all planned out to get the stuff in his in my room and I'm just like, dude, oh. like, I wanted a little something, right? But, yeah. you know, his mom ended up taking everything. Well, you have a whole life journey that's been impacted by what he introduced you to. So, yeah, you have I'm, that. That, that. Least. It's not a physical, tangible thing, but mm-hmm. it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, every time, you know, you have skateboarding and fingerboarding that, like, relates to him showing you that. Mm-hmm. That's, like, pretty cool. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was cool that he introduced me to that, and I still live by the skate culture, and, you know, everything I do now, or anything I buy, like, you know, mm-hmm. whether if it's apparel or anything like that, I just keep it strictly skate-based, and as I get older, I 
thank skateboarding a lot because it kind of helped me find my identity. Because before that, dude, I didn't even know what I was doing or trying <laughs> to do. And um, I think skating a lot for that. And then who would I think for for skating? It's, you know, my older brother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been over 10 years. And, you know, he still lives in my memory. Like, yeah. I can never forget about the stuff he's done for me. But understanding the roots, all because of him. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, but now, you know, as I get older, I'm like kind of letting skateboarding a little bit go and go, but I'm still watching videos. I still keep, uh, I still keep, uh, I still keep up with tricks that are going down and some tricks that are like crazy. I'm just like, dude, I kind of want to like give it a shot at, <laughs> you know, an obstacle or something. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's just, that's just, yeah, my upbringing. Um, what else happened during youtube days i did guitar playing first before i even did anything probably so Um, before fingerboarding even yeah so i definitely had a huge passion for guitar playing um i (laughs) i think it was like after a year or two playing you make up your own song i entered this contest that my middle school was having all right guys this organization that sponsored you know uh um that sponsored our middle school like giving us free guitars free this that whatever um, they hooked it up pretty good, and they had, like, a little competition saying, like, oh, if you produce your own song, you have a chance to win, you know, an acoustic, possibly an electric, or whatever. And literally, my group of friends during that time, my guitar playing friends, we all, we all entered, and I think I ended up getting the acoustic, which was super great. I won the free acoustic because of the song I made, and my other friend, her name was Senai, she won the whole electric. I had never wow. heard her song. I really wanted to hear it because <laughs> it was recorded on the side somewhere like over there. And I really wanted to hear it, but I think like it would have messed her up playing it or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, out of respect, like, you know, for people to record their songs, we couldn't hear it. And I still haven't heard it to this day, which kind of <laughs> sucks. But I kind of want to compare it to like, oh, let's see, like, 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 I really want to see what you did, you know, and yeah. hear what you produced. And I ended up uh, just doing like a small little chords and like finger picking uh, parts in it. So they like that. And yeah, I got a, I remember, yeah, I got the the guitar FedEx to me. And I thought like, whoa, like I have a free guitar. <laughs> so like there goes like, you know, the the whole dedication to certain things. Like me, when it was guitar playing, like I think they were probably going around, going on around the same time. I don't remember, but I think it was seventh grade where fingerboarding and guitar playing were introduced to me that, um, you know, I was able to earn my own stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I saw that guitar still with me to this day. Yeah. And, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, dude. I need to keep that thing for as long, even though the next stock is kind of like breaking apart cause the wood is getting old. I'm still keeping it. I don't care. You know, yeah. it's staying in the garage somewhere. I don't care where it is. It's staying with me. It's actually hung up in my room right now. So, uh, cool. yeah, and it just shows, like, you know, everything in my room, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a mess because, you know, fingerboard obstacles around. It's, it can get pretty messy when, the more you have. But you you look back and you remember, like, dude, like, I put in so many hours into learning tricks, learning how to film, learning how to edit, it shows and if people like it they'll you know support and respect you you know 
Well, if it's, you know, too many of one tricks or whatever, I honestly don't care. Like, I do it because I do these tricks and I do fingerboarding and I do filmmaking because I love it. You yeah. Know? So, um, for anybody to put you down because of your success, I for them to put you down or think they're putting you down, I think you're doing something right. Oh, absolutely. Of, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Like, don't even let it get to you, but take it as a compliment. Yeah. For sure. So if there, if people are talking about you, yeah, you're doing something right. Yep. So um, good or bad, love or hate me, dude, it, it, it's all in. I, I, I'm winning in the end. So Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So I'm happy. There's also a few words I remember kind of caught me off guard. When I, when I first read it, I'm just like, I didn't get it. But as I got older and I started pursuing more of my career of filmmaking, mm -hmm. that's when I knew, like, oh, okay, that's what he meant. So um, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñaru, he's a director. He ended up winning an Oscar for The Revenant. Have you heard about it? No, no. That film with Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't think so. No? So it was my days in college. I'm still, like, you know, filming and everything on the side back at home, right? And um, I remember hearing a quote. It said love or hate my films but if i'm just okay i didn't i didn't do my job correctly mm -hmm. so i'm just like makes sense to me it makes sense but at, at the time i it, yeah it stuck with me but i didn't get it yeah and it, <laughs> and it wasn't until like the more you produce the more you make you either love me for you know the work i produce if you love it great i did my job yeah if you hate my work you're talking about it, it's in your mind, you're doing your job correctly. But if you're just like, okay, that's the most failure. And here I was thinking like, oh, okay, it's just good, right? Because my mindset's different. Like, mm -hmm. okay, if you make something okay, then, you know, keep working, you know, to the better picture, whatever. And I'm just like, damn, doing just okay is just not enough for some people, you know? And that, all, that was sticking with me and I'm just like, okay, I've been living by those words ever since, so I'm just like, okay, like, ever since I heard those words, like, I think early or mid-college, I'm just going with it, so. Mm -hmm. That helps, yeah. that helps a lot going through, um, you know, people talking just negatively of you or whatever, and I'm just like, <laughs> if you're talking about me negatively, <laughs> I'm doing something right, yep. you know, so I just don't let it phase me. Yeah, totally. So, it's I, a really good attitude to have. Mm -hmm. I definitely think similar to that, too, because, mm -hmm. yeah, like, when I was younger, um, I don't know, I was more sensitive to criticisms and stuff like that. And then, I don't know, over time, I kind of, like, toughened up and realized, like, okay, no matter what you do, th there's going to be someone who likes it and someone who doesn't like it. And if you're on a big scale where a lot of people know you, you're going to have, hopefully, mostly a lot of people that like it, but then also you're going to have more people that dislike it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, if you have one person who doesn't like it it's not a big deal but if you have like a thousand people who doesn't like it but then like you know a million people that do you can't let those thousand get to you like those are not your people but like you said it's like they're still talking about you you did something substantial enough that they're wasting their time saying like <laughs> oh that's stupid get a life do it on a real skateboard whatever the heck it is like little things which like those comments never really bothered me but it's just the whole like thing of like you can't please anyone no matter what you do like somebody out there skateboarding there's probably one out of a million kids watching like oh do it on a real snowboard you know why are you doing a skateboard like you can't please everybody and then yeah, yeah. 
um star of our lives yeah <laughs> we've been dealing with that for yeah, i mean i still I, get comments like that to this day I'm it just sure bounces off me i don't even like notice that i read it like it's so <laughs> i just like literally ignore it it means nothing like yeah but yeah um for anyone that it does mean something to i would encourage you to realize like that it's it's not what you should be worried about you know it's not worth it there's nothing yeah. that comes from worrying about people's disapproval because it just means you're doing something different than they are, which is fine. We can't all do the same thing. That would be really stupid. And we all can't <laughs> we all can do the same tricks that or produce the same work that everybody mm-hmm. else is doing cuz for me I always wanted to be different and I always try to be different cuz it makes you stand out a little bit more and the more you fall into the norm, the least you'll stand out. So for totally. me, yeah. So for me, like, okay, call my camera setup a little bit too much, but like, I'm, I just want to be different, and I use it for more than just fingerboarding. I use it for like, you know, my own productions and everything. So, I'm just, yeah, you know, I'm I notice when people complain about stuff like that, or even just anything, a lot of times they're complaining about something because they don't have it. Yep. So it and it might not be conscious, but if you go deep enough, or they go deep enough, they realize like oh, I'm just jealous or something, you know, it's like, if they're, let's say they're, not even your camera setup, that's an obvious one, but like, let's say fingerboarding, they're like, oh, get a life, it's like, maybe they're not having enough fun, Mm -hmm. and so instead of finding their fun and their passion, whether it's it's probably not fingerboarding, but it could be some thing that they like, and they stopped doing when they were, you know, they shouldn't have stopped, and they did, it's like, they're just going to tell you that you can't have the fun that they're not having. So it's like it sounds like a you problem, buddy. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> if anyone thinks what you're doing is stupid, no matter what it is, it's like it's probably because they're not doing their stupid thing that they should be doing. That's you know not stupid. I'm calling it stupid as a joke, but in in uh, comparison to what they're doing, you know. So it's it's really just like people that are actually happy will give you compliments too. You know, it's like if they're secure in their way of living, then they'll be intrigued and positive about the things that you're doing that's different they'll be like oh cool you know that's it mm-hmm. and if you're doing what you love doing more power to you that's you the know? most important thing yeah i can't get enough of fingerboarding in different areas fingerboarding different parks i love all that you know yeah. and i just like you know going to slush cold events you know those events are a lot of fun and yeah it's just it, it just keeps you going keeps you motivated keeps you inspired i mean i i'm inspired by other people who are like filming on their phones yeah you know and i'm just like dude like (laughs) i don't like i just don't understand that argument and people just being like so judgmental towards like either certain tricks or certain people and i'm just like no that comes from (laughs) that's like beginner mode yeah like if you care about those things you have a little bit of developing to do over time you know it takes time to to realize what things are important and what things aren't Mm -hmm. and people have different priorities and outlooks and i think with more experience and situations and stuff like you kind of realize or sometimes you have to look back on before and be like oh i i shouldn't have judged that person so much like they're actually pretty cool and then you realize like next time i'm about to judge somebody that i think you know maybe i'll think twice about it because they might end up being different than i thought too and you learn with experience. Yep. Fingerboarding just brought me, like, so much discipline, along with skating, too. Um, but I feel 
the discipline and everything shows more in fingerboarding because, you know, it kind of shaped my mind in a certain way. Like, if you work hard enough for something, like, things will work out in your favor. Mm-hmm. You know, being being sponsored, I'm super thankful and grateful for that, that I'm getting, like, you know, um, stuff shipped out to me to try, um, to use for free and all this stuff. Like, that's where I kind of, like, pride myself on that. And also, like, putting in the works and effort to, like, make my own money and keeping myself, you know, busy, keeping myself going with editing and filming. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, like, like, my room is just filled with stuff that either was, like, given to me or I worked hard for it. Well, pretty much, like, worked hard for it and it was, like, given to me by, you know... Uh, just like that and some people you know just take it for granted and some people just don't cherish or they see like oh this person's getting like too much stuff whatever I'm just like well, dude I worked hard for it you know yeah so um, I don't know my biggest advice to people is just like keep doing what you love and you'll see the best results down the line mm-hmm. just keep just keep doing what you're doing show passion and commitment in whatever it is you're doing and you'll succeed in anything, whether if it's a job, whether if it's, you know, a, a, a brand new hobby you're doing or starting a, your your own company or whatever, like, you know, it'll show. And people will support it. People will back it. And, I mean, the continuous growth is what I'm trying to, like, still go for. Like, I still want to grow. Um, people might think or assume that I'm, like, happy where I'm at. Like, yeah, I'm happy, but there's still more room for growth. You know? mm-hmm. So that's my biggest take on anything and everything. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I think we're very similar in those ways too. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love so, it. Yeah. Good advice and good um, mindset mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Do you want to take us through your journey of your different sponsors that you had and how they shaped your outlook and approach to fingerboarding over time? Sure. Let's see. Um, I'll keep this short and sweet. There were some tiny companies on YouTube that were like, looking for up-and-coming talent i guess so i remember my first ever sponsor was like fyb is like a very very like it was just a kid doing them right Mm -hmm. but i was a kid too but i was like probably a couple years older than him by like i don't know two years or three but you can see this person wanted to make boards and you know sponsor somebody so i was lucky enough to get boards it was like literally like the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was showing Henry the other day my the video with it, and he just thought like, "Dude, what's up with those, uh, the the tail and kicker?" I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It was a wood board, and I just made it work. I saw everything, and I'm just like, uh, but whatever. I ended up making it work, and through that video and producing clips and tricks, I ended up trying out for four corner fingerboards. I didn't even know they had a team. <laughs> they had a team, but dude, it was like That's crazy. Yeah, it was uh it was it was it was an experience for sure cuz trying out for that team gave me the confidence to like do better and keep going cuz um they had like a phase 1 and 2. So phase 1 anybody could try out and at the end we'll 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 say our results or their results whatever and if you make it a phase two, we need to see like outdoor stuff and I don't know what. There's a whole bunch of requirements. <laughs> so, you know, cool. uh, 
I ended up making and passing phase one. So I'm just like, I saw my name on someone else's video. I was just like, whoa, that's so cool. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. So I'm like, all yeah. right, time to like, like really, really go for it, right? So this could, I was thinking about it like, dude, this could like make or break, you know, probably my future career for the channel. But getting that little exposure from just making it to uh, after phase one, I'm just like, oh my God, like I could like possibly do something on my own and make something out of it. But, you know, still in the end, that wasn't, like, also to have fun, you know? So, I was having fun doing tricks and doing hard tricks for me. Like, like there's a challenge to that, and it's fun, like, and it's a, and it's a good, satisfying feeling to accomplish and achieve. Mm -hmm. And then, I forgot the sponsor in between, but I ended up trying out for ProWood. Somebody reached out to me. His name was Guy 66 or something. So that guy ended up really liking my videos and he's just like, Hey man, like pro was trying out. You should, you should like try out and everything. Right. Cause so he kind of had like my back. He kind of like, like, uh, winged me in there with, well, actually he kind of made it seem like, Hey, you should still try out, but you have nothing to worry about. Cause I got you. I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Like, when I made my tryout video, I remember like all I had to do was just submit a tryout video, but I was kind of like guaranteed in sort of because yeah. this guy really liked me and he just reached out through YouTube, uh, personal messaged me and then we just made it work out. And um, when I got on ProWood, the level of my tricks and the consistency and what I was able to do for the time, dude, there's even some tricks that I did with the ProWood board I probably won't do again. <laughs> so I kind of like jumped a bit of my, I, I, I definitely progressed a lot. How were their boards different? They were super steep, right? They were pretty much on the steep side. They had medium concave. They had a shorter wheelbase and they were shorter in length. So <coughs> I thought that was good. It was good for my fingers because I don't have a big hand, whatever. Um, so they got very easy to use very quick. And... Um, I ended up just thinking like that this was oh now now I remembering a little bit more better. So this was around the time when pro skaters were doing their full lengths on Thrasher and just everywhere on the internet. And I'm just like I I think it'd be cool if I make my own full part fingerboarding, right? But it's gonna be with tricks that like like I wanna do. It's gonna be spots I kinda wanna create in a way. So I had like broken slabs of of granite and uh for sure, this was way before the events out here in Cali. So I used with whatever I had, the tech deck ramps, the, I built my own little things with the granite slabs or whatever. And my mom had like a little cactus, uh, little pot, pot thing, whatever. Yeah. And I ended up using that. And I just thought that was <laughs> like, dude, like, Sick. like the one little bad movement, I'm getting a cactus to my hand. You know, and it wasn't like a crazy big, it was just like little tiny baby cactus. Yeah. But still, like, if I'm trying to, like, I got to be careful how I bail because, like, I could get, like, a little tiny splinter in there or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not trying to get, like, a little cactus, you know, even though that did happen a few times. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not trying to make a thing out of it. So, I ended up doing a full part, and it was, like, one of my full parts that got me on finger skate. I remember reaching out to somebody from Finger Skate. They got back to me, and they ended up putting me on their team. 
And I'm just like, oh my god, like there's so much quant quantity of stuff, and their ramps and everything were were great, but I just remember thinking like, there is like no way I could prob- probably get on. But the major sponsors was Prowood at the time, and then Finger Skate. I kind of helped them like push a little bit more on their marketing, like doing videos for them. They would send me a whole bunch of stuff. To the point where it all didn't fit in my room, and I thought it was way too much. <laughs> and I was just, <laughs> like, literally, I would give some ramp to like my friends. I would even hook up my friends with like setups. I'm like, dude, this is way too much. What do you want? Like, like they sent me so many boards. I had too many boards at one point. Like, it was a good problem to have, but I just like my friends. They, I wanted them to get into it. So I'm just like, dude, you want a board? Like, just get one of these. Like, everything was all China, but like, still, anything's better than nothing. And my friends who played around with tech decks, they're just like, dude, these are like wood. Like they were blown away. So I'm just like, yeah, you can have that one if you want. So I hooked them up. It was it was, it was a good feeling, and they still that's fingerboard awesome. to this day. Oh, so nice. I, th- I think that's very cool. Yeah. And um, but yeah, finger skate helped me, not only helped me progress, but it kind of like shaped my friends who were skaters, who I skated with. That was their introduction as well. I don't I don't want to take full credit for like them still fingerboarding to this day but i did give them like uh probably probably like their first wooden complete setup or something like that because cool. they were like having the tech time just like dude here like you know just pick whatever one you want and you know so i did hook them up and i think i lent them a few obstacles rails dude they hooked it up so big it was just like there's a few unboxing videos that are like still on my old camera i haven't uploaded because it was like two or three and i just barely uploaded the recent package whatever and it would take me forever to like upload them but yeah it was just too much at one point so every like feel a uh, dream fulfilled right yeah but i'm just like ah it's still not enough whatever but what wasn't enough um the growth i feel like i wasn't that good yet still uh, yeah you know? okay. so the tricks i was doing yeah they were great but i still want to do more uh be more and yeah you know in the end of during that time like you know black river being on or getting on black river or flat face whatever that was like still a dream sort of but as i got older i'm just like dude like i'm so happy where i am right now like that that was my dream as a kid you know like that was the goal whatever but i've learned like through time like if you just keep doing your goals like whatever like if you keep constantly having goals for yourself you'll have much more of a fun time in life you know so you have something to keep striving for and if you fulfill all your goals like okay like what now you know (laughs) so that's that's kind of like my fear of everything like that but i'm super happy where i am now uh being on arc device and level edges they they're they're amazing sponsors so but back then i'm just like jumping not jumping ship sort of, but like when I was on finger skate and when I was in those Black River uh, events, um, I had the China setup and then that's when I knew like, okay, I had to get like, not I have to get, but like, it'd be cool to have like a wooden, actually handmade board. So doing the contest with that, winning a few boards, getting the flat face. I think you gifted me the flat face G13 if I remember correctly. You just said, like, hey, you can have it. I set that up right away with the BRTs, and there was just such a huge difference. I'm just like, dude, I can't go back to finger skate, so I ended up just leaving. 
And then uh, that opened up a huge door of opportunities for me. I got on device, I got on leveled, I got on teak tuning. Um, I got on a whole bunch of, of companies that I was just like, okay, like I'm happy where I am. And my tricks were still growing, videos were still growing. Tricks back then too, doing the full parts. Um, that was a yearly new thing for me. And um, I'm kind of like taking a backseat on that, but I think I might get back into doing full parts again in my room, whatever. You should. I should. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, but uh, I remember I wanted to do one last year, but I remember just being so busy. Like my own stuff. Um, even just keeping my my Instagram page active was pretty hard enough. Let alone film a full-blown part and editing it to like music I like. Like, ah. Uh, not to say it was a chore, but like, I have other stuff I gotta cut. You gotta be on in the end. mood for it and have the time for it. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, back then, I was just producing videos after videos. It showed, and um, and yeah, that was just my grind back then. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> cool. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Sweet. So, on a more human level rather than just a fingerboard level um i think you got a lot of apparent strengths i like to ask about strengths and weaknesses i feel like your strength is probably something about your like your dedication and your like your drive for doing things and for doing them well and stuff but i could be wrong do you have anything else you would add to that as your strength because i i think you you nailed it um, I learned it from this interview. <laughs> I mean, I could see it a little bit before anyways, but, uh -huh. you know, talking this much is like, I think I bet he would choose that. But, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely go with discipline. I'm, I'm, I remember being asked this question, like, if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would it be? And one of them was like ambition, discipline, and I forgot the third word. Um, but that was a long time ago. So, Those but, are two good ones already. Yeah, yeah. so, so um, I'm definitely very ambitious in, in anything and everything I do. So, but I still, I, I do think maybe being a little bit too ambitious in whatever field it could like, it could kind of be a, a weakness as well. Because if you know too much of everything or if you know a little bit about everything, what are you then you know so for example like i started getting very into video games and i'm kind of you know in that field now like understanding how you know the video game industry works like i like learning that stuff mm -hmm. and like how crazy business deals what could have been what should have not been whatever but it happened by accident whatever i'm learning a little bit too much about that to the point where i'm just like Dude, like, what am I going to do with this information? Like, I yeah. could possibly do that to myself, but I just pay attention to, like, so many different fields. I'm just too ambitious into, like, video games, kind of neglecting something else, you mm -hmm. know? So I do feel, you know, fingerboarding uh, quality has kind of suffered in the past year because I'm just too much playing with, like, <laughs> you know, competing in here or playing that or, um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. But yeah. um, I feel like, my ambition is, is too, um, it's kind of too much for me that I feel like, oh, some other stuff will suffer. Like photos, for example. Like, I get paid to do photos too. I shoot photos for the city of West Covina. 
will my video quality suffer? Maybe, maybe not. It just depends what I'm doing. And if I'm doing both at the same time, no, like I can't right. do that because one will suffer more than the than one will suffer more than the other. So if someone's trying to pay me for like photo and video and just me, like it doesn't have to be anything crazy video. That's what they always like. That's the caveat, right? <laughs> they think like hey i'll do it if it's not like whatever video but like here's the thing like i can't just produce i just can't produce whatever video just because oh it's not really that important but it'll be cool to have video like no you want something serious i want something serious and i want something good to to wear like even just a simple clip i just want you to be like whoa you know like yeah okay so can you film for us yeah but i can't do photos at the same time because some one will suffer than the other right i could do both and i'm happy i could have that strength because some people who do video aren't photographers and people who are photographers don't do video because it's two very different things. Yeah. You would think it's almost the same, but like, no, it's, it's honestly not. It's a lot different. I've been noticing that in the last few years, when you look at a good photo, it's so different than watching a video. And it's like, there's actually significant differences in like the approach to producing that. So, yeah. Yeah. And it'll show like, if I'm doing two at one at once, I'm just like, dude, like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, people are not meant to multitask as much as people try to do at the same time. And I notice with myself, I'll get obsessed with, like, a certain topic or something that's not fingerboarding for a little bit. And, like, it, you're right, it, like, takes away from the other things. Like, when you go too deep into something, too deep into one topic, and you get totally obsessed with it, and it's, like, it's so fun to learn all those things, and then at some point you're just like okay but what am i gonna do with this like I've, I've been in similar situations like what you've mentioned and i feel like it's almost a good thing when that happens and then you realize that it's happening and then you get back into fingerboarding and you're twice as hyped as before because yeah. you're like oh you know i've been fingerboarding a little bit less than normal because i was obsessed with this random topic for the last <laughs> two months or whatever and then it's like you get so hyped to fingerboard because you had a tiny break and it's like even if you're still fingerboarding through that time it's like your attention was a little bit divided which is good because you can't just fingerboard your whole life without knowing anything else about anything else like you have to have those moments where you explore other things and then you know you're always going to come back to what you like the most and what you do the best and all that so I, I think it's a cool balance when it gets unbalanced it helps the overall long-term balance of it to like keep it fresh and exciting and like you can't get burnt out if you have those little moments of exploring other things and then being like okay yeah that was really cool but now back to like my real hobby you yeah know? back to yeah back to things like yeah coming out last year from rendezvous um i think i kind of took a back seat the beginning of last year and then when i think ryan hit me up like hey we should come out to or something or I, I forgot how that topic came around came around but i think scott and the socal crew they were pl all planning to come out for uh april of last year i'm just like huh i haven't been fingerboarding in a bit let me make a trip out of this and i hit up brian yeah. so i asked him if i could stay with him and um we made it work we came here i flew out from here and honestly that's like the best trip i've ever had in like, I think that was the first trip I had other than going to Mexico. But driving to Mexico is different than flying on a plane, you know? So, that was the first time I flew in, like, years. I remember my anxiety was just, like, my plane anxiety was just, like, crazy. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, like, think th think things through for the next time you fly. So, I'm just like, 
when I came out here for April Vu of last year, oh man, it was just so much fun. It's such a different experience. I've been, uh, you know, traveling just locally here and there, but, you know, it's nothing compared to like what these actual events are. So thankfully I was in a good financial position to like, you know, plan my whole trip out at ease. And when I got back, uh, when I got back from Vu, I'm just like, okay, it's on, you know? <laughs> so I got back and my, my interest and everything just came back yeah. for fingerboarding, but like at a crazier level. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I started filming more, started going out more um, with friends and hobbies. And one thing about me too, I didn't even mention this. I don't take my fingerboard out, out and about. It stays home. Wow. So I don't know if that's a weird thing coming from me, but like my fear of this leaving the house if it's actually a setup I really like, yeah. then it's going to stay in the in the house. Why? Because I don't want it to be, like, messed up by, like, like, a rough spot, messing up the wheels or anything like that. Even though this could, like, handle it. But the pop, the wood. Yeah, no, I don't want it. I don't want nothing to be, like, interfered by that. And if something like that is, like, happening or it's, I think it's going to happen, I'd just rather it stay home. The only I only take it when it's dedicated time for this. Right. Like Scott's house during sessions yeah. every Thursday. Okay. It's it needs to leave with me. Um, an event, obviously. But going out to dinner with like friends or my girlfriend, whatever. Staying here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait time, we're talking, whatever. Like, no, it's like I could be fingerboarding. But it's staying for the most part at the house. Unless everybody brought theirs after a skate session. Yeah. Then, okay, I'll take mine, whatever. You know, but it's always an afterthought. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting to share because. Yeah, know, that's I, cool. I bring mine everywhere. and But it's always my, like, second setup. It's not, like, my main. Whatever I'm using the most at the time, it's, like, too important to me. Like, how you mentioned, you don't want it to get dented and chipped and whatever, like, destroyed by crazy. Or, like, you drop it in a drink or something stupid. So you just want to leave it home. But I'll always bring like a board that's pretty good, but it's not my main setup usually because I have to be fingerboarding. Like, <laughs> or if I see a spot, even just to get one or two quick tricks on it, it's like, it's more satisfying than being like, oh, I don't have my board on me, which is like rare. If I forgot it, I forgot it. But I try to bring it. I'm like so used to having it in my pocket. Yeah, no, not me. Even having it in the pocket, like I feel still like messes up little by little <laughs> I, I that's just me because i have yeah. a lot of stuff in my pockets my phone my wallet my um my keys and everything there's just too much stuff and the less i can have in my pockets the better i don't yeah. know that's just me but um but yeah that's pretty much it the journey where did your strengths come from do you think like you have an amazing discipline i was just talking to henry about his discipline now I'm curious. Like, you guys have different disciplines. There's some overlap, but it's it seems a little bit differently flavored. I think my discipline for sure was developed because of skating. So if it wasn't for skating, I don't know what kind of discipline I'd have. Like, so take out skateboarding out of my life. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know what. I don't know what to make out of myself if you took skateboarding out of my life. So I do thank skateboarding a lot for teaching me getting back up, doing it again, uh, being comfortable with failure, 
Cause, yeah, oh, dude, there was this that's one. That's huge. Oh my god, you have no idea. So I remember I was skating this school with my friends, and um, it was a six there, but I think it was. I forgot what I was doing. I, I think I've kick flipped the stairs before. It was just a six there, but you know it was huge for me because, I mean, I don't. That's huge to me. I've only kick flipped a three stair before. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. So here I was like, we're all just skating, isn't it? I think I kick flipped it before, but it was like kind of eh. But usually when I call something and I do it, I well, usually when I call something out skating, I. Thankfully, was able to do it up until that point. Mm-hmm. But I remember just walking away. Or I don't think it was Kipfer. I think it was like Vario here or something. So I remember just trying it for hours and hours until the sun set. And I'm just like, oh, dude, this is it. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do it. There's no light. Like, you know? So I can't rely on the school light because it's not the best. So I remember just walking away from that defeated. But like, I was bummed. I was so bummed. But I'm just like... All right, just get up and do it again. Or just wait a week and just go back and just do it and try it again. Yeah. I ended up didn't getting it, but I remember just being like so like not used to that, that I'm glad it happened early. And I remember it vividly. I'm just like, my buddy was walking all the way behind me because he knew like, yo, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so he was such a good friend because he knew like he knew me too well. And I'm just like, dude, just leave me alone. Like, I'm trying to walk by myself, right? But we ended up just being at my house. So he's just like, he knew. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I guess just being super comfortable with like failure and like being scared all the time too. Cause life's a risk. Trust me, like doing, being an LLC and being responsible for like all of these, you know, um, what? government fees and all that like all that stuff was very scary to me mm-hmm. i'm just like dude what if i miss one and i get fined but like i don't know ten thousand, whatever that's my biggest fear right yeah skateboarding helped me get through that and be used to that because like life's all at risk like yeah jumping off like eight stairs is scary you try it okay it wasn't that bad and you get you know you just do it again same thing with like fucking same thing with like running a business I was scared being my own LLC, like, during COVID. I'm not sure if I'm going to be working or not, but being an independent freelance was all like this. Mm-hmm. And when COVID hit, oh, my God, don't even get me started. So we lost, I started losing jobs left and right. Women's Day, which was, like, early March, that's when we were announced lockdown, whatever. We weren't, we weren't sure yet if, uh, if uh, the pandemic lockdown was going to affect us yet. It was affecting overseas, but not us yet. Like, this was, like, late February. I'm, like, already contracted for next month. I have events lined up with this person, that person, and then this client. Lockdown hits. I'm losing jobs left and right, and I was scared. So, I invested little money. I invested the little money I had left into, like, a course to take the time to learn properly, like, how to manage a business. How to edit a little bit more properly because I feel like my edits were kind of like a mess, sort of. But with the course, it helped me like figure things out, help me understand a little bit more settings, a little bit, uh, help me understand yeah. settings a little bit more. Um, better composition, better lighting, better camera settings, better editing settings, and you know, this. How about you use this? How about you use that? So, where was that course? It's called Full Time Filmmaker. Cool. So, it was. It was, it was like a YouTube marketed sort of 
uh, beginner course. But dude, that was like the best six hundred bucks I ever spent ever. Cool. Cause it gave me the confidence to like deal with certain clientele my own. Mm-hmm. It helped me market myself much more better, and it helped me deal with certain personalities, certain egos. Hey, this is what happens on the job. Rather than you, like finding out the hard way, right? You know, with certain people yeah. in clientele. You That's know, awesome. All of that like helped me and it guided me and. All that discipline for sure came through like skating. Like if I'm nervous of something, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, like oh, like flying out. Oh, it sucks for my wallet and everything. But screw it, I'll just make it work. Having friends with the, having fun with the homies, having you know, taking my camera out, documenting all this stuff. It's worth keeping, worth treasuring, and making something out of it. You yeah. know, so. Um, anything like being scared of is a good thing, you know? So that's something that I for sure developed. And I was like the biggest scaredy cat ever. I still am when it comes to scary movies, but that's another thing. (laughs) So So your biggest weakness is scary movies. My biggest weakness is probably being scared and using and flipping that to my advantage. So for me, it's biting the dust actually doing it because there's there were some like probably decisions i should have taken because but i didn't because i was scared but that having that fear is like you know like i usually like it it, it keeps me going you know there there were some other fears where i'm just like okay i'm glad i kind of like trusted my gut a little bit but i think the the fear of missing out outweighs more than like oh you did good by, you know, biting the dust. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's just, that. that's one thing for me, too. Like, that's probably one of my weaknesses, like, thinking a little bit too much about certain things. And there's, you know, the fear of missing out, sort of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being scared of, like, you know, just do it. And if it doesn't work, at least you can say you tried. Yeah, totally. So, that's how I see things. That's awesome. Tell us about those late flips you got. Oh, the lay flips? Yeah. Do they just like came? Can't do one. Just did one. Oh yeah, that was good. I don't know. I just saw them through skating, and I just wanted to figure it out. Uh, I think I did see a few lay flips. Not a lot through the early YouTube days, but I was seeing them a lot more on Instagram, and yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to perfect it. I wanted to like think of lay flips as I don't know it's just I just randomly did them figured it out because I thought that was such a cool trick like all right let's take it to fingerboarding and I kind of have it I don't I don't want to say I'm dialed in it's still a very inconsistent trick it's not like an ollie flip right like it's definitely not one of those tricks where you have that dialed in yeah it's still struggle because the way how you pop it like matters the way how you level it out matters the way how you flick matters there's a lot going on in just that one trick it's hard to perfect there's some people that have it way better than me and like good for them but it's a very hard and messy trick to where i take that as a challenge like if i do it in a combo or in a trick you know there's level for there's room for growth in like those lay flips you know so it's a I feel like I do them a lot sometimes, but that's because like 
I'm trying to like kind of perfect it in a way. So if people are like, like, oh, he does too many lathe lives, or like, if they know me because of the lathe lives, then I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm like, winning either or. I want to see more of them. Like, <laughs> I want to see them in new ways. And I know you're always like trying to push it with the combos and stuff. And I love that. It's sick. And I would have, I would have combos written down on my phone from like years ago when I first got like my my uh, my i my iPod Touch whatever. And I have it synced to my iCloud. And, like, the tricks I wrote down years ago, I did them in, like, video parts. or I, I know I've done them. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, snap. Like, did this, I did this, I did this. Have you done switch late flip back tail? I think I have. I want to see that. I want to see it on that down ledge. <laughs> on that down ledge? Yeah. I definitely didn't do it down that down ledge. You I'll, should. I'll give it a shot. It's my last full day here, so I hope I could get it. That would be sick. That would be but. sick. All right, let's see what else we got for questions. What color IC do you like and why also where? That's from Jeff. Jeff. High C or IC? IC. Like the slushy, Ice. right? Yeah. Slushy, IC, whatever you want to call it. Dude, uh, I've been craving that recently. Like, I went to go see Spider-Man, and that's <laughs> the first thing I try to, like, look for after the movie because there's certain, movies that are, like, two hours plus. I try not to eat before that. I try to eat hours way before, cause I don't want to. I don't want to get up mid movie and miss out on all the details. I was gonna ask if you eat, cause you've been here for almost yeah seven days now, and I haven't seen you eat once. And I've really? been eating the whole time. Yeah, I ate noodles. Well, here. <laughs> okay, yeah, you did eat noodles that one day. Here's I here's, remember that. I'm I'm starting to notice when you eat. I had probably just finished eating, but when oh, people were here, okay. you were over there. And I was literally like <laughs> the only one in the house. I was in the kitchen. I was just making food or whatever. But, um, mm. and I would eat with, I mean, I ate with Henry. You didn't see us eating on the couch. I swear we. What did you have? Together. I had that uh, Philly cheesesteak. I didn't see that. Steak I believe cheese, you. Whatever. I believe you, but I didn't see it. You didn't see it? <laughs> But yeah, I mean... Must be the timing then, yeah. Dude, I eat a lot. Was NBC like a pivotal moment for you? Or did it, did that kind of like influence your career direction? Or was it just kind of a fun thing and then it ended when it ended? It showed my discipline for sure. <laughs> it showed more discipline. That's pretty much all it is. So um, yeah, I was just interning for NBC for every summer while I was in college and um, the requirements is just submit a like portfolio resume or something like that and I had like nothing on my resume like dude I'm a, I am a, a high school student senior I'm already going to Northridge but like what do you what do you what do you put on there you know you can't work until you're 18 in California I think it's different here but over there like how do I fill out something okay so I ended up doing like a documentary. Um, did a documentary class that actually produced a documentary, and we were all part of it. We worked on it. We contributed, and I put in a few sk skate clips and everything because it kind of like it was a point of showing who you are. It was called "Who Is Bob Bates." That's the documentary I worked on. There's like skate clips of me in the end, and um, yeah, that got me a summer internship for NBC for our, like my five years of college cool every summer and yeah it was cool that was cool 
Nice. What, what were you doing there, actually? Just, you know, internship stuff. Just <laughs> <laughs> just paperwork that no one wants to do or deal oh, with. Okay. And, uh, but I was learning a lot. So I actually saw the whole production of certain shows, like, as it folded in front of me. That's sick. Yeah, so I saw, like, the production of Parenthood. I just, like, I just saw how our production looked like. And it yeah. just made me feel comfortable to where... When it comes to my stuff, I've been dealing with this since, like, fresh out of high school. Like, like this stuff, cables everywhere, cameras, equipment. It's it's a walk in the park for me. But for somebody who's, like, still learning, they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, like I'm never like, relax. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take initiative and be like, hey, like, relax. I got this. Just don't worry about it. Just keep carrying this, whatever. So, um, that intimidation is definitely not there with me anymore. It was at one point, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah being exposed to all this doing everything and even like just setting up like a wedding and everything like that's a production in itself and I seen the behind the scenes the process carpet flowers it's like the same thing you know yeah so cool yeah the discipline to actually go out and do that as compared to the person last year who got it he was just giving to him because like, oh, no one else cares. You're the only one who cares. Like, okay. But it was me and, like, three other or, like, five other students. So I had to stand out. I had to stand out because it's going to, like, make or break my my uh, whatever, right? And the minute when I got it, I started working. It was a paid internship, thankfully. And I'm, like, <laughs> all the money I made the first summer run with that, I, like, invested it back into like camera gear fisheye i think i got a fisheye with cool. that money and um and yeah it was good that's was awesome dope. yeah very cool so what color is slushy color slushy oh damn we didn't even answer it <laughs> yeah we got distracted by ordering food. we did we, uh, we were talking about i segued it to like movies like i'm sorry um red and blue <laughs> it's the red and blue like i'm always looking for red and blue cherry and uh blueberry Nice. There's coke. There's coke and everything. It's cool. Just cherry. I tried. It's just too, too much of a citrus taste to it. But yeah, I like the blend between blueberry and cherry. Nice. <laughs> Let's see what else. Uh, favorite post vu food. Dude, for sure, Midtown Market. Cool. The pizza. Nice. Yeah, that was so good. Um, I think I had that. First Vu and After Vu for November and April. Cheese or what what flavor of pizza? Uh, I think I got anything pepperoni mushroom. I'm a huge mushroom guy. Oh, I love mushrooms too. That's awesome. Yes. Hell yeah. My friends are like all disgusted by it. I'm just like, dude, it's it's freaking... It's amazing. It's it's good. Like, I don't know why you guys think mushroom is disgusting. But... uh, I didn't like them when I was younger though, but... I've been enjoying them for a while. Mushroom pizza. Yeah. Pepperoni, mushrooms. That's more than enough for me. Bacon, grilled chicken. I'll add in every Ooh, yeah. now and then. But uh, that's a safe go-to for me. Anywhere. And as long as I see that option in like any uh, like pizza joint, I'm happy. Cool. It's <laughs> awesome. Another food one. What is your go-to order from Raising Cane's? Is that food? What is Raising Cane's? You never heard of Raising Cane's? We don't have that here. There is one here. There is? Yeah, what Doug is told it? me. And uh, Henry told me. He drove by one. It's not donuts? No, it's not donuts. Uh, it's chicken. Oh. 
chicken? Fried chicken, yes. Ooh, order now. Cancel the tie. Order some chicken. Oh. Okay. No. But I think I think Henry said and I think Doug Bodkin they said uh it's somewhere in the city. Apparently okay. that's like a brand new one. Oh I even think I heard oh. Andy's talk about there's raising canes here. Whoa. So All right. You guys I need to, to try some. Yeah. Canea combo. Yeah. Mark it down. Canea combo. That's a six piece. No slaw, extra toast, butter on both sides for both toasts. And whatever drink you want. Oh, and also get an extra king sauce. Ooh, king sauce. The king sauce. Sounds like my kind of sauce. Yeah. <laughs> What's the king sauce? So the king sauce is just like, um, it's just their special, any whatever kind of sauce. Oh, dude, my stomach is growling. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so it's oh, like cane the, sauce. I thought you said king. No, canes. The okay, raisin yeah, cane Yeah, the name sauce. of the place, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's like that Worcestershire sauce, whatever. <laughs> Dude, I cannot say that Worcestershire. word. Worcestershire? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Worcestershire, that. I think. It's that orange sauce with peppers and I don't know what else in it, mixed in it. Yeah. Um. You need three of those. So the three? Canine, yeah. Okay. The canine combo comes with two, but you're going to need that three if you're going to dip it with, with uh, fries because two, it's cutting it short but um if you're gonna be doing that with your fries you need the extra sauce and it's just like it's probably the perfect amount three sauces kenya combo six piece uh don't get the cold slot it, that's why you say no slot is it toast. bad like you it's don't horrible. even want it touching your food no it's it's hor <laughs> it's very bland it's just it's literally like it's just like how do I even say? It's just cabbage and a little thing. Do you like coleslaw? When it's I like right? coleslaw, but it's okay. not made good. Wow. There. So I'll be wary of their coleslaw then. Go, Maybe I won't even try it. Go right ahead. Ask for the <laughs> coleslaw, but you're not going to like it. I like coleslaw. Like KFC coleslaw. I'm getting it. Yeah, um, I like a good one. You know? Like good. that's a good one for yeah. what it is. Fast food. You know? But like obviously the ones like at restaurants or whatever, they should taste good. Yeah. Better than those. Yeah. But for what it is, fast food coleslaw, not it. Kane's okay. coleslaw is not the best. I kind of want to try this worst coleslaw ever. Like, sometimes, I don't know, I'm, I'm hyped. You'll love the I'm toast. I'm going to try it just because I'm either going to be like, this is horrible and it's going to be funny, or I'm going to be like, this is not that bad, but I feel like it's going to be pretty bad. If you have <laughs> the coleslaw in front of you from Cane's, you need to FaceTime me. Okay, deal. I need to see your reaction. I can do that. If you say it's not that bad, I'm going to be rolling my eyes at you maybe. Like, seriously, Mike? Yeah. No, serious? I mean, I'll be serious. <laughs> like, I normally I would eat, like, organic homemade by my mom. So, like, if it's... That already sounds so good. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be good then. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Well, however, you just explained that your mom makes already sounds way better than than Kane's. Yeah, it's great. It's so delicious. I feel like it's frozen and it's thawed out in the morning. Gross. In the little plastic container. Yeah. Like it's shipped out in the little <laughs> plastic thing. That's how bad it is. All right, sweet. I'm hyped. <laughs> just thank me later once. Yeah. Um, I'm hyped for the actual good stuff, though. Oh, stop. Okay, all right. No more food until it gets here. Unless anyone else asks. What, uh, how much money would you pay for a flat face? Do they mean a flat face fingerboard or like getting hit in the face flat? Some people would pay for that. I wouldn't even pay to get slapped in the face. 
All right. Well, I'll then probably what just about tell my friend to do it. I'll yeah. probably just tell my friend, like, yo, slam me real quick. But he'll be confused, like, so will you, but, yeah. <laughs> my friends are just, like, extra. <laughs> I love my friends, by the way. Shout out Gilbert, Zeke, Eric, Daniel, Chris. That's about it. Just, I like keeping the pool of friends, like, pretty uh, small. That's, like, the main group, like, every day, like... We're with the chat, gaming, Call of Duty, going out to eat, local friends. Because everybody yeah. in the fingerboard community, especially in SoCal, we're just so far away from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, the nearest person is probably Scott, and he's 20 minutes away on a good day. But with traffic, like, literally an hour, maybe even more. Oh, man. And so discouraging to, like, yeah. yo, Scott, let's go get, like, something to eat. An hour to get there. Uh, never mind. Like, <laughs> and then I think everybody else is like probably a little bit worse because they're. Um, Raul lives in Torrance. Rogan just had a baby. Um, he's in Marina del Rey, which is a little bit more south from Scott. Uh, Evan, he's probably a little bit more convenient for me, because he lives by Disneyland. I go to Disneyland a lot because I have a year pass. So nice. Yeah. I just bug him, like, yo, let's go to downtown Disney or something. And we just go Pokemon hunting and then eat or something. So, cool. Yeah. What's his favorite ADTR song? Ooh. That's a good question. A day to remember. You, in my older clips, you could hear, like, the whole Homesick album. But it's funny because my favorite album is the Homesick album. But I don't think my favorite song is in the Homesick album. I think it has to be right back at it again. Common Courtesy album. Cool. That song's so good, but the album of Homesick, I'm so close to getting it tattooed here. Wow. I really want to get that whole, that album cover just tattooed here. So I'm trying to map <coughs> like future tattoos out. My left side is the more Mexican side, and my right side is like the more American side. Cool. So Anton, uh, when he tattooed me here last year at your house, what did he give you? He gave me the eagle with the. It's like the hawk eating the eagle snake, whatever. It's like the symbol of where Mexico is founded. It's on the. It's on the flag. Mm-hmm. But there's 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 a meaning to it. I just forgot exactly what it was. Can't think of it at the moment. But I guess like. It's just the 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 hawk or eagle just eating a snake. And wow. Anton, his designs had something similar to that. Yeah. So I'm just like, do me this. Did you ever see it? I don't know. Let's see it right now. Right here. Bam. Oh, yeah. Whoa. He did such an amazing job. That's sick. Dude, that's awesome. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So I think I'm going to do more like Mexican side on the left my body and then mm-hmm. more american stuff my right side so the band is from florida so you know doesn't get more any you know american than, <laughs> than florida you know so Sick. yeah i i just love their music but right back at it again that's a that's a that's a banger for me sweet yeah put it on after <laughs> We need more videos from him teaching people how to film and edit fingerboarding properly. That's a kind of That's cool interesting. I idea. I was actually thinking about doing something like that, but at that the, would be sick. 
But at the same time, I'm just like, would do people even want something like this? They want it. Go for it. And also, people don't know what they want until you give it to them. If you do something awesome, they might not have asked for it. But if they're like, they see it, and they're interested enough to click on it, and then they enjoy it and they get something out of it, that's all. You know, it's good. True. You should go for it. If you feel the inspiration to do it, I think it'll definitely be something that benefits people. Like, it's not just another fingerboard mini. It's like something that stands out and brings value long term. You're going to change somebody else's next 5, 10, 20 years of filming fingerboarding after Probably, they watch huh? it. I can actually help somebody, like, yeah. stir the way how I started just much better and much quicker. Yeah. I, but isn't Chris Daniels already doing that on YouTube? I feel like there's... I a, think his are different, though. And if you watch his, you're going to make a Chris Daniels video. If you watch yours, you're going to make an Alex Garcia video. So, like, there needs to be multiple different ones that you can take a little from both. Because hmm. yours true. won't be the same as his. And if I did one, it would be different than both, too. So, yeah, that's a really cool idea. should probably tap into that. Tips on how someone can be a full-time photographer slash videographer. I think you gave a lot of tips throughout the episode, but anything else you want to add? Uh, specific tips for that is just... Uh never settle for anything less of it do what you have meanwhile but if you could do or like invest a little bit in more like um like a not an entry-level camera for example like the crop sensors camera those are like what the nikon d the the nikon d lines and below like the d56 uh, 100 or something like that the canon t3i's or whatever and i i haven't looked too much into this but the canon r10s and canon r7s or something they're kind of like a mid between beginner and professional and you can get away with like very good content with that uh those kind of camera lines they just got announced like a year or two ago and i kind of feel like buying one but at the same time i'm just like i have that guy i have these guys and they're all full frame. And I think those are still kind of crop. So if you can invest or borrow money from your folks, whoever could help you out, buying a full frame camera, produce whatever you can produce out of that, show it to people, show it to like potential job offerings. It'll pay itself. And you know, you'll make money off of it more. Cause for me, when I bought a full frame camera, I bought the Canon EOS R back in what early 2019 i was nervous buying that thing i was so nervous yeah but you know those kind of fears is good because that camera ended up paying it off by itself and it keeps me you know sustained it it, it, it it took me to a point where i could like financially grow and upcharge some stuff because like hey i produce this kind of quality what do you think so people like it and you know it's not a there is a huge difference between full frame and crop sensor qualities at least in my eyes mm -hmm. like crop sensor stuff is more grainy and like it requires a lot more work fixing a like 1600 iso but these cameras for as dark as it is here and well lit i'm like at 100 what 200 iso good luck getting it on those cameras because <laughs> you'll be for sure at 16 or maybe 2500 because sensors and everything um, the light sensitivity matters. So if you're outdoors with a crop sensor, you're fine. Yeah. But if you're trying to be indoors filming fingerboarding and everything, good luck. Or and, filming weddings or anything. It's yeah, anything. Not always outside. Yeah, anything indoors, like, good luck. Because the quality shows. I was in a low-lit room. 
with an entry level uh, camera doing photography. Oh, dude, the, the pictures are just so bad. <laughs> and someone paid me to take those photos, and, and I just feel bad. I'm just like, dude, I'm no. Yeah. So, yeah, I so invested get, in. So get the right equipment. Yeah, get the right equipment. And once you get the right equipment, oh, I can't stress this enough. Understand what your equipment does. Mm-hmm. I have done productions with people trying to figure out the buttons the day of. Like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> like, go out and play with it. Don't just think of it as just like, like a hobby thing, right? Like, or no, don't don't think of it as like just all in on the job. Yeah. No, like that's the worst thing you could ever do. Like, know enough your equipment. I'm not saying be a master at it and like teach the next person whatever. I'm saying like understand your settings understand what everything does and understand what you could do to it to benefit you on the job make your life easier that's great advice you know like some people learn as they go or learn on the job or they learn how to shoot tricks like let's say i buy a brand new camera i got an event tomorrow i'm gonna get some clips with this at an event tomorrow okay uh you just look like a fool because you're trying to figure out your camera like filming Probably the craziest trick ever. Someone trying to do a not a lay flip backside nose blood on a hand or whatever, right? And if you miss it, or if you don't know what you're doing, or your friend is trying to figure out with you, and then you just look like a fool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, learn the equipment beforehand, not like at the last minute or during the actual thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. We got a few more little ones here. Uh, Evil Nunu says, dang, I haven't seen Alex since Beast Pant events in Pomona a couple of years back. Evil Nunu? Yeah. Nunu sounds familiar. I don't know who that is. I'm not it's sure. probably the kid who would do like Kiflip Late Shoves. I think I remember who Nunu is, but... Cool. Well, he says what's up. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Yeah, I think I remember him because he would always challenge me in a game of skate. It'd be cool seeing him at events because he was like a little kid. For whatever reason, I feel like that kid was going to be tall. Yeah. So I wonder how grown up he is because cool. he was like, I don't know, 12, 13. It's been like six years. Wow. So he's probably like 19 or 20 at this point. So I we'll don't know. It'd be to cool see. to see him. Yeah. We'll What's check up, out Nunu? his page Hope later. you're doing good. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Coyne says, ask about his dog. My dog, dude. I love my dogs. I love my dogs way too much. <laughs> you know, I sleep with them. Um, they're clean, um, for the most part until they step on like, you know, like too much dirt or whatever. They have too much fleas, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, my dogs, they're, they're amazing. 2016, I got my first dog. Uh, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) So that I just learned as I went, um, (laughs) my dog's name is literally called 26, but when he says in Spanish. Sick. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just a, like a, a different is good, right? And then my other dog, her name's Cora. She we got her back in 2019, and um, yeah, she's amazing too. They're both amazing. I love them so much. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a dog guy. I love cats too, but I'm just more of a like a, literally every morning. The minute I wake up, the minute I wake up every morning, unless I have to be somewhere super early. I go uh, walk my dogs, feed them, and then I start my day. Yeah. So literally, like, I wake up. I kind of miss that feeling because I'm so used to, like, putting on my shoes and, you know, walking them outside or whatever. 
But yeah, I can't wait to get back home to do that. Cool. Uh, how often do you sash at Dynamic Headquarters? How are job and hobby lifestyle lining up? If I can make it out, I definitely will make it out. But there have been like, there's like a whole one or two months I couldn't make it because of the work life. It was just like so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, all of November of last year, for sure, I didn't go. Well, mind you, they were here for, for VU. But like, I think it was like October and I didn't see them until like mid-November. I mean, mid-December. So like, there's like a good month and a half we didn't like. Yeah. I wasn't able to make it. One, because the VU weekend, um, but every time, every, and then plus like Thanksgiving and everything, whatever. But I probably didn't see him until like, no, probably like until after the new year. I didn't see them. But that was because like the holidays and everything. But there were still sessions in between, sort of. I just couldn't make those because either I'm doing a wedding. I did a wedding in Puerto Vallarta in like mid-November. And literally when food was done here, I had to I had one date for myself to like get ready, my stuff ready, my gear ready to fly out to Mexico. Wow. Yeah. And it was like, that was such a crazy two weeks. And every weekend I was, I was, I was super busy from like mid-October all the way to like mid-November. So that whole month, weekends, I was busy as hell. Super. Yeah. You're always running around. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We, I try to make it to like every Thursday, but there's. There's just some that just won't let me. Um, there's just some events that just won't let me. And a lot of Jewish people, they get married on a Thursday. So if a last minute wedding comes up and they get married on a Thursday, I'm there because, you know, those are... Doing Jewish weddings are fun, you know. And if there's a wedding and those occupy my whole day, I start from like 10.30 a.m. And I don't end to like 1 a.m. Whoa. Yeah, those are like crazy days, yeah. but I enjoy doing them. Yeah, my body's super tired, but they're fun, and I like doing them. Yeah, that's so awesome. So, yeah. Super cool. Last question, I think. Yeah, last question. What was your biggest challenge in life, and how do you overcome it? Did fingerboarding have any influence? 2020 was probably the... What was the challenge for everybody? And it was understanding what the economy will be like and learning as everything was going you know during the pandemic like oh it was a burden for all of us but that was my biggest fear when I was like losing job after job I'm just like dude why I went to school for this what am I going to do if this is not going to work out but I ended up making more money during the pandemic than my last two previous years working together and I'm just like whoa what am i doing like (laughs) remember when i said i invested my little last money on the course that helped me just catapult a little bit more that's awesome and i was growing i was developing a little bit more my my uh my creative field and i'm just like how in the hell am i making more money than my last two years working for somebody else but taking jobs directly during the pandemic yeah I was just like, okay, I need to figure, I need to like, like, I need to understand what it is that I'm doing. Well, I didn't, I didn't understand, but it was, uh, it was on the course and like actually doing it. I'm just like, oh my God, like, wow. So for me, my challenge was how do I succeed with what's going on? 
Yeah. And without the pandemic, if I could make it through the pandemic, I could make it through probably any year after, mm-hmm. you know? So, thankfully, that's been going on, and everything's been going very well for me. And, you know, the more business expenses I could, like, make out of things, the better. So, like, for example, this trip. It's going to be a business. I'm, I'm writing, like, like everything off of... Uh, but that's because I need to, because if I profit more, and if the government sees that, and if I don't report my expenses that I've done back into my business... I'm paying them more money when I when I could pocket that money more for myself yeah. and make a I don't know a good time out of it or um, like getting you know any little thing like even just like buying a memory card I like keep track of cause yeah I mean that's mo- that's all for your business like yeah even all the stuff you did here behind the scenes like helping us get the quality better and like going to the store to get that hard drive at the last minute <laughs> like that's gas money for a business expense yeah like, and i'm like clocking all of that yeah because it's important it's like those are real expenses like they shouldn't fall on you they should fall on your business because it's like video business yeah so like stuff like that too like calculating keeping track of certain stuff that was that was, that's all like just a big struggle but um yeah those were like every all of that goes back to my discipline that I developed because of fingerboarding and skating. Like, just do it. If you're nervous to try it, and if you do do it, just keep doing it again until you actually succeed. So, I don't know. For sure, I think skateboarding helped contribute to that a little bit more, but it all wouldn't have been because of fingerboarding because you know how I started that first. I, 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 I say for sure, like, getting through hard times like that I had to thank the discipline I developed through, you know, a piece of wood with four wheels on it. Yeah, so, it's awesome. Yeah, super cool. It's Did a I good way the to question. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's a good way to end the show. I say so. Yeah. Oh, I had so much fun out here, man. That was really awesome. Yeah. Me too. I've been enjoying it a lot. Let us know how this area looks. Is it too distracting, or should he carry on more with these? Let us know. Yeah. Put your comment down below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Down there. <laughs> and hit the bell. DM Mike. No, I'm just kidding. Don't DM Mike. Yeah. Just let us know in the, in the, I don't know, the actual comments. Hopefully the, yeah. the feedback on this is very good. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. So. Woo. Can, awesome. I get my, can you get my board back? No. Only if I land this. Ah, that doesn't count. I'm not used to it. There it nice. is. Nice. <laughs> Time to eat. Yeah.